Hey, this is Dirty Duke Durango, and you're listening to WPOV Wrestling. Ho, ho, ho. Jingle bells, Andy smells. <laughs> Look at that hat. Welcome to another edition. Thomas laid an egg, if that's your idea of a joke. His, his name was Elio, and he popped right out there. Hey, guys. Welcome to another edition. What's going on? Another edition. Uh, what the hell is this show called? Oh, yeah. Definitely not just... comedy night with Thomas James Logan, I'll tell you that. <laughs> definitely not, definitely not. Well, you know what, guys? Welcome to another edition of Global. I just had to throw it out there because I pretty much knew that Andy would not guess that I was going to jump him on the first line of the thing. <laughs> just had to do that for him. Uh, welcome. Welcome to another edition of, we might as well sometimes call this AEW Express, but tonight <laughs> we're heavy on the AEW and uh, we want to welcome you to Global. It's the just a couple nights before Christmas as we're taping this. Uh, I'm with my Christmas buddies looking at the lone wolf Andy Anderson decked out in the Christmas hat gear looking good. Oh, ho, ho. And- that is quite the long tail you got there. I, I'm guessing the girls are <laughs> definitely it. leaving cookies at your... Uh... Uh, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And a guy who has to sneak down your chimney just to take a peep, of course, we're talking about... <laughs> <laughs> gentleman, Elio Canella. Who, That's by not the really way, gentlemanly of him. Well, it's already you know starting. <laughs> well, let's face it. We had his brother on quarantine recently. And yes. the first thing I asked him is how much of a gentleman uh, Elio was. And uh, we heard right off the bat, he ain't no gentleman. Yeah. So I'm not sure what that's all about. Elio, you might have to cage match your brother. I, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> the way you can put him over, I think he made more like the creeper Elio Canella. Uh, apparently, apparently, I'm going to get my ass kicked in February at the Pontiac Silverdome. So, yeah. <laughs> and if you keep sliding down chimneys and taking peeps, someone's going to kick the crap out of you. Yeah, you won't make it to Pontiac Silverdome, brother. <laughs> oh my lord! So, guys, tonight, uh, it's just a couple days before Christmas. Are we in the Christmas mood, Andy? You're looking all decked out, but are you all set? I'm uh, just about there. I got a couple food items to pick up. Uh... You know the Christmas Eve. But other than that, I'm I'm done. I'm wrapped. I'm good. I'm ready to rock and roll. All right, Elio, are you all set for the holiday season? We got the tree up. The house is decorated, so we're all ready. Yep. Well, I see a tree behind uh, Andy. I see. No, my tree's kind of, upstairs. Well, I see. If you look over here, there's a Santa on a window. <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of white, Andy. Uh, Elio, is this like an Italian thing? You just go plain for? <laughs> you want to take every when we move everything upstairs? It's more no, Elio, Elio is dreaming of a white Christmas. <laughs> yeah, a very white Christmas. Yeah, this is, this is my way to Wonderland back here. <laughs> now, I have got to be curious here. Uh, I know what we plan this year for our uh, Christmas Eve dinner. Andy, you sound like you're kind of plotting something else. Tell me what's your Christmas Eve dinner and what is Christmas dinner this year for you? Uh, well, I've got a small family and I've been, mm-hmm. you know, immediate family. And then I've got my two girls uh, this year because things are the way they are i'm actually getting them on christmas eve so that makes me extremely happy yeah no um other than that because i usually don't have them and otherwise with just my parents like christmas eve to me isn't traditionally a big deal okay so uh this year though we're gonna do uh just the girls like ham so we're gonna do some ham throw in a couple vegetables just you know i mean there's three of us and they're small kids so keeping it simple although uh my youngest put it over today she says we're gonna feast 
Like the Grinch. <laughs> like the Grinch. <laughs> nice. And, and, and Christmas Eve is a traditional turkey for you, straight up, for the day. For me? Yeah, for Christmas Day. No, uh, uh, no. I mean, back in the day when things mm-hmm. were cel- when we celebrated more, uh, it was it was the turkey. But over the past couple of years, just with the way, you know, not even saying like COVID, but just with the way things are and things being small, sometimes mm-hmm. it was turkey, sometimes it was ham. It just depends. Just depends. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, Elio, what it, what does your family do for uh, Christmas Eve? What kind Christmas of meal are you getting? Does it mean anything? Or because some people it really doesn't mean a thing. Oh, Christmas Eve is just uh, the same thing we that we do every year. Uh, my dad goes and picks up buys up to buy fish, and uh, we mm-hmm. have fish on Christmas Eve. Then between Christmas Eve and uh, Christmas Eve, we always find, he always finds a way to sneak pasta into the into oh, the wow. lunch or dinner. Yeah. Okay. So, and is it turkey? Is it turkey to, on uh, Christmas Day? We don't really uh, have turkey. That okay. is Christmas, yeah. We well, really I mean, the tradi- tradition, traditional Italian thing, that's usually like yeah. the fish, right? Like that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Very Catholic, very Catholic Italian. So I know for us, uh, you know, like uh, ever since we, you know, we have a boy in our life now for the last couple of years. And uh, I know my wife says to me, um, she wanted for Christmas Eve, she wanted me to go out and get a bunch of appetizer stuff. You know, little finger food things. I yeah, picked yeah. up. I picked up this really cool cheese. Uh, we like to have some cheese. Uh, you know, a, a charcuterie uh, board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do that kind of thing. And of course, um, anyone who knows me knows that I get every chance to cook a turkey when I can. I'm the king of turkeys. I can cook it. I can make you an amazing. I believe that. <laughs> I believe you're the king of turkeys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I hang out with you. Um. So. <laughs> No, but uh, being a chef for a long time, turkey is one of the things I've learned to, to cook for many years. Uh, I love it, but I got to tell you guys a little secret that my family always laughs about. They love that I make turkey. I'm in it for the turkey, okay? I'm in it for the bones because the next day I make turkey soup that wow. kicks ass for three days. Cream of, tur- cream of turkey at my house for three days afterwards. So we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a, a really nice traditional Christmas. My boy is excited. And I don't know, Andy, do you have to play this game? I might be going to hell here, okay? I might Uh-oh. be going to hell. My boy, has been, my boy has been, every time he misbehaves, my wife took her phone, her, her iPhone, and she put on my phone number, and she put a picture of Santa, and the name Santa. So every time that he starts fucking around, she dials up that number and goes, hello, wow. Santa? Yeah, and she shows him, because he's like, let me see the phone, and then he sees it, Santa, and he, like, starts losing his shit, right? I'm so sorry, Santa. <laughs> right? So I'll go up into the closet upstairs, and I'll be like, ho, 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 you better be eating your vegetables. I don't want to put you on the bad list. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm probably going to go to hell, but at least he's eating his supper, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's a no. struggle for this kid to eat his vegetables in his supper, so... A guy's got to do what a guy's got to do. Thankfully, my daughters are well-behaved enough. Uh, I think there's only been like once or twice where it's like, oh, you don't want to be on Santa's naughty list, and that's it, and it's good. Like, oh, yeah, I got to phone. We're not phoning anybody. Phone. Yeah, there's oh, no Jesus, phone, man. no face We got to go to full. We got to go the full bit to get this guy. He is like, let me see the phone. Who are you calling? He wants to know the number. He's like, <laughs> he's a little too, little too crafty. Let's just say crafty. So you know what, guys? Wrestling is still going on. Um you know, there's been this fundamental change over the, probably the last 30 years, because before there was all this internet and television, Christmas used to be the big draw-in for, for wrestling. People used yeah. to use Christmas as the time you go in and you see the big show, Chris, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, whatever. Day, yeah. um, today, that's unheard of. 
<laughs> you know, every hell, every um, minor company I know, every indie company will close down from like the second week of December and not open to like the second week of January. Yeah. So uh, this is a this is a whole different thing. I kind of miss that idea, though. It gave you that feel of like the big things coming. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So uh, lots of big things going on. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm we're going to get into AEW today. It was a pre-taped show. Uh, some jerk sent me the, the the spoilers, but I didn't read them. Well, yes, I did read them, but I totally forgot about them the next day. I know Elio was like, no, I ain't going to read them. I'm not sure how Andy reacted to all the old thing. I'll ask him later, but... <laughs> You know what? I actually, it's funny because I, I like, I read that. Like, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I read them, and I was the yeah. jerk in question, uh, <laughs> and I promptly forgot. So, like, yeah, so did I. Tuning into today's show, I'm like, I, I was trying to remember. Like, was there anything memorable that? Yes, yeah, so like, was there I, something I should remember about this? Like, and it's funny because I mean, then I, like, I read, like, I read SmackDown spoilers yeah. for for Christmas Day, and I mean, yeah. there's more memorable stuff there than yeah. there is for for this, and that's why I like watching the show to me tonight even though it was, you know, pre-taped, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though I had b- read the spoiler several days earlier, it was still like a live show because I couldn't remember what, you know, <laughs> what big thing was going to stand out. Well, you know what? Uh, we'll get into the whole AEW spiel. Um, kind of undecided right now. I'm going to talk with you guys, see maybe you guys can change my opinion either way because I'm kind of on the offense of how I felt about what tonight's overall show was like. There were some good things. There were some bad things. And there was a lot of middle of the road things. So I guess we'll go over that. We'll sift through that with you folks. We'll go and do our deep dive and figure out what AEW is all about. But let's talk a bit about now. I know Andy's probably going to go uh, eye glazed on this uh, section of the thing. We're quickly going to go over uh, New Japan's um, Wrestle Kingdom. And uh, but you know what? We're going to force Andy to watch the two nights of Wrestle Kingdom because we need to talk about Wrestle Kingdom. It is the one biggest indie event of the year. And it's the only one that we definitely besides AEW make sure that we talk about because it is where the culmination of all of uh, New Japan stuff has gone for the year. All right. So we're first of all, we're going to dig in over to Elio. Elio, uh, do you have the listings, first of all, for night one? It's a two night again, like last year. And what but, is the date? Uh, what is the date on that? It's like the second? It is, 2nd? it is January 4th and 5th. 4th, 5th. Yeah, they usually do it just the first weekend after. after you know what? Uh, Depending with the Japanese time and stuff, I may not be able to because I will probably be working. Oh, dude, no, nobody watches this live. I don't know. We, watch it on, to we have a website that we use. Yeah, okay. we don't watch it live because it's like it'll be playing at three or four in the morning. Yeah. Oh, no. I, and that I know because yeah. I know people in yeah. the past that have done that where oh, me and Elio spent yeah. one summer watching every live freaking <laughs> uh, PWA audio man, Big Bad Boris. I know a couple past couple of years because he's even yeah. invited me. It's like, okay, well, and I would usually work New Year's Eve and it's like, okay, yeah. well, you know, when things are shut down, if you can come out. And by then, I'm usually too tired anyways, yeah. so I would never see it. But No, no, dude, we're going to do a report about it, but we're going to make sure that it's a, a day or two after it so that we get to watch and, and digest it in and look at it. And luckily this year, because of COVID, yes, it's two nights, but it, it's probably not going to be as much as the one night spectacular when they have everybody there because there's not going to be a whole bunch of Young Lions matches and, and whatnot. Right. Uh, New Japan this year has trimmed down its card quite a bit. So instead of the five out five six hour uh, marathon matches that we'd see at big events, it's like a three hour thing. So that's not as bad. But okay, Elio, let's take a look. What do we got for night one? So do you have, do you have a- yeah, no, I have both nights yeah. for me. I'm just looking at they they have one match on uh, the kickoff show, the pre-show. There's a it's, pre-show. Okay, yeah. what do they got? It's a 
the New Japan ran Bow 22 man uh, battle royal. Yeah, no one gives a fuck about that. Yeah. That is just a pretty much useless throwaway. So uh, the the first match, the first one I have on here is Hiromu Takahashi versus El Fantasmo. Interesting. This is a match where we this year just recently we had the New New Japan Cup. Uh, in Japan with all the mid heavyweights. And we also had the J cup going on where there was a bunch of, you know, uh, guest guys across North America. El Fantasmo from uh, British Columbia was the winner of the J cup and the returning Hiromu Takahashi winning the, um, the, the new Japan cup. So these two guys will face each other this night. I believe the winner of this match will get a shot against the, uh, the junior heavyweight champion for New Japan, who I bet I think it's Takahashi. Who is it right now? Sorry, uh, I can't remember his name. The guy from Bullet Club, uh, the Bone Soldier, is the current. Oh, uh, Ishimori. 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 Okay, so this will be a very interesting thing. I really think this year we're going to see a push more so for El Fantasmo. It seems like he's really been kind of when they could use him. I mean, COVID is really throwing. Uh, throwing a wrench into his career because had he had more access into Japan, I'm pretty sure he would have been doing a lot more. He's a pretty exciting uh, guy. Uh, You cannot turn it on and see, like you'll see fans and you got to see the fans are wearing his crazy glasses. Like he, his gimmick thing is he wears these rave glasses that light up and and they sell tons of those. You'll see them all lit up through the thing. Yeah. Um, His style is a lot of fun, a lot of crazy woke uh, rope walking, um a lot of it is a little bit like well why doesn't somebody just pull him off the rope kind of deal but uh he cheats a hell of a lot and he really cheated his way to to, like that yeah no i mean yeah you're gonna love that part of him um this is a tough one uh takahashi coming back after that severe neck injury that he had that had him out for a year uh has just been wrestling this year um, yeah, he was really derailed there. He was the champion who they actually had thought about maybe moving him up to the heavyweight rankings and giving him more of a push, uh, taking a horrendous neck injury. When you see this thing, Andy, man, it makes your eyes just cringe. He like, he took a solid, uh, slam to the, to his neck on the cement and it was not good. Mm. Yeah. So, um, this is a tough one, but, um, Boy, the more I talk about it, I think I'm going to have to go with Hiromu now. <laughs> I've talked myself out of El Tantasmo. Uh, what are you thinking on this one, Elio? Who's going to go on to fight? Ishimori? I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to go with El Fantasmo. Sounds fine. Okay, next match on the card. So next match, uh, tag team match for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. The Dangerous Techers defending against Gribbles of Destiny. Okay, tough match. The dangerous tech trekkers, techers, trekkers. It's got to be no, trekkers, isn't it? No, it's techers. T-E-K. It's techers. Okay, yeah. okay. They've got some of the most ridiculous name, but you're looking at the team, <laughs> the team of uh, Zach Saber Jr. and uh, man, Ta- I'm drawing Taichi. Taichi. Yep. Okay, um, two guys who you should not think would work well together. But Taichi is coming off a year where he's really upped his game. There used to be a time that every time me and um, Elio would see his name on the card, we'd be like, oh, fuck, this is going to be some terrible, boring-ass wrestling. He's really upped his game, especially through the last uh, G1. He had some impressive showings, and I enjoy that. It's good to see him evolve up. Um, However, the Gorillas of Destiny, I mean, multiple tag team champion winners. Uh, They win a tournament to get in here. Um, I'm going to go with the Gorillas of Destiny. I think they need this more. I Once again, New Japan really has got to re- establish some kind of tag tournament or tag team division. Basically, it's the Gorillas of Destiny versus 
whoever they throw together as a team against them. Yeah, I'm, Elio, going, with, uh, going? I'm going with the Grillos of Destiny on this one. All right. Next match. And we have for the United States Championship uh, Challenge Race Certificate, it's Kenta versus Satoshi Kojima. Okay. Uh, it's definitely going to be Kenta here. Uh, Kochi Kojima. I mean, Satoshi <laughs> Kojima, is, he is getting up there in age. Yeah. Um, we don't see him wrestle. Sometimes he wrestles with Tenzon, and it's almost painful to watch Tenzon move around the ring these days. Kojima still looks good. He has that incredible slapping crap he does to you in the middle of the ring uh, where he stands there and slaps the crap out of you for like 20 <laughs> slaps while he like goes insane into epilepsy or something like that. But uh, he's a fun guy. But let's face it, Kenta right now, he has got a lot to prove. He has this uh, thing and, you know, the U.S. champion is still um, John Moxley. John Moxley. And Moxley has not been around since he lost that belt. And this is just enough time for him to go through um, quarantine and to show up for this. I think somehow he's going to make it, maybe not on first night, but I think we'll definitely see John Moxley. He is the champion. I don't think he's going to drop the belt that quick. And I think that uh, AEW and New Japan still want to create some kind of synergy there. So uh, I'm going to go with Kenta on this one. I'm going with Kenta as well. Okay. Next match. All right. Next, we have Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Great Okan. Wow. This almost falls up there with who the fuck cares. Um, <laughs> is that your, uh, is that your uh, pick? Yeah. You know what? I'm actually going to pick who the fuck cares. I, I really don't. The Great Okan versus Tanahashi. Tanahashi, they're booking so badly. It's like they're trying to bury this guy. Uh, and Okan is, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck. What do you pick, Elio? Oh, like you don't really care. I mean, I obviously Great Okan is gonna win, but uh, I don't care. Okay, I'll, I'll just go with Okan. Okay, coward. Then, then, Next, <laughs> but then I'm not just being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> you've met me, yeah. <laughs> okay. Next, we have Kazushika Okada versus Will Osprey. Ooh, Okada versus Osprey. My goodness, it seems like. Osprey, he's made a full-time commitment right now to New Japan. Um, Okada, though, is like the perennial best. Like this guy is like the best wrestler in the world. Um, boy, tough one. You know what? I'm gonna go really weirdly here, and I, against my better judgment, uh, I'm gonna go with Will Osprey. Okay, I'm gonna go with Okada. Ooh. All right. Next. And then we have uh, the last final match for night one. We have Tetsu Naido versus Kota Ibushi for both the heavyweight and Intercontinental Championship. Ooh. I, ooh. Ah. This is a really <laughs> tough one because the winner of this match has to defend that belt, those two belts, the next night against Evil. Um, you know what? I'm going to... St- Boy, this is like this is one where I'd be scared to put real money on, because this could go either way. Um, Koto Ibushi has also uh, signed on for a long-term contract with New Japan, which he hasn't done for many years. Uh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go Ibushi. I, I think Naito has not had a very strong uh, group of defenses, and I think Ibushi is the one on the rise. What do you pick? Okay, I'm gonna go with Naito. I'm sticking with Naito. Fair enough. Fair enough. So that is uh, night one, uh, night two. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, the first two matches are not are not announced. Uh, okay. Um, so the second match on the main show, we have Suzuki Goon El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru versus Taguchi Japan. Reisuke Taguchi and Masuado. Okay. That's a pretty easy call. I think I'm going to go with El Desperado and Kanemaru here. Yep. Um, come on. We see Taguchi. He's okay. Taguchi, uh, he really rises up in mid-heavyweight tournaments. He has good things when he's on himself. As a tag team, he's strictly comedy, it seems. I mean, uh, he does Wato. all the coach crap. And Master Wato <laughs> is another kind of, I don't know what to think of this guy. I don't think they're packaging him as anything of as a real threat. If anything, he's a bit of a joke. So, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, going to go. I'm sorry, Master Wato doesn't even sound. Yeah, it, it's, you have to even, <laughs> dude, you have to see this guy. I mean, Google Master Wato and take a look at him. And he's a young lion who's gone away for a year. And now this is his return. And this is his first gimmick. Same as the great Okan, and, which is another ridiculous name and kind of dumb look. Master, uh, Master Wato. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who are you going to go with this on, Andy? Oh, sorry, on uh, Rick. Rick. Wow. 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 That's your bedtime. Have another uh, <laughs> another Guinness blonde. Keep no, I'm going with uh, this brother. Oh, he he has blue hair? Yes. Yes, yes he does. Ooh, gonna... He looks like a wizard. <laughs> he has the whole Master <laughs> Watto thing. It's terrible. I'm going, I'm going with Kanemaru and uh, Desperado. But you have so much in common with Master Watto. <laughs> what? I love blue hair. <laughs> yeah, are you watching that, Andy? Are you getting a good No, laugh? I'm actually just trying to see. Uh, okay, no, it's not the same guy. Okay. No, I just wondered, I, I was going to say that there might have been a connection here, but nope, nope, never mind. Okay, uh, moving on. Okay, next two matches I'm looking forward to. The first one we have is for the Never Open Weight, uh, Shingo Takagi versus Jeff Cobb. Great matchup there. Whoo, Takagi and Cobb. Yeah. Two big guys who are going to kick the shit out of each other. Um, I'm going to go with Shingo here, even though yeah. uh, Jeff Cobb, you've uh, been a, a long time you know, favorite of the show. You've even been on the show. Um, oh, man, I got to say, though, Shika Shingo Takagi is looking good right now. I'm mm -hmm. going to go with Takagi. Yeah, I'm going with Takagi as well. Okay. And next one, we have Evil versus Sonata. Evil versus Sonata. We've seen this match a gazillion times. We saw it on the G1. It's yeah. It. I'm going to go with Sonata. Um, yeah, I'm thinking Sonata on that one as well. No, I thought Evil was in the main event. Actually, the main... Um, uh, apparently not, because uh, there's, they have another one in the main event. It's one of the two guys who win the first night against two. It's uh, either Tetsunaido or Kudabushi yeah. versus Jay White. Oh, it's Jay White. Okay, I screwed that up, fans. I said it was evil. Boy, it better not be Jay White. Oh, my God, is he painting? He's starting to get to me to the point where he's like X-Pac. Like, uh, he is so frustrating to watch. It's all stalling tactics. Especially it's with like, Gato in this corner. And Gato jumping in and out. Uh, God, I really hope. I'm going to pick uh, Bushi winning over him in this because I, I picked Bushi to win the first night. Okay. I think Bushi is going to win the second night against Jay White. Okay, and uh, the the one uh, that was before that is Ishimori versus uh, Hiromu Takahashi or El Fantasmo. I think it's going to be uh, Hiromu, and I think Hiromu is going to win the belt. Okay. And your pick? Uh, I'm gonna. I'll stick with El Fantasmo on that one. 
Now, where is Suzuki in all of this? I don't see uh, Suzuki's not in any of the what night one or two. No. I don't wow. Unless he's, he's going to win the, one of the uh, kickoffs. I don't know. Maybe he's going to win the, the battle royal. Ah, it just yeah. seems like it seems like Suzuki is is a guy. I mean, you don't have a lot of years left in this dude. Like, he still not, is I'm, pretty exciting. I'm not sure what this is. It's apparently it says the winner uh, this match is to determine who will challenge for the provisional KOPW 2021 trophy. <laughs> okay, who knows what the fuck that is? All right, <laughs> so there's we got folks coming up. We'll be watching the uh, G1. It's the reset of all of the year. It'll be interesting. Now let's take a look at what there was a, a question that popped up over on uh, uh, WPOV Wrestling, and I want to ask you guys about this. And it was they they sent out a question amongst themselves, and they were curious to what we said is when it comes to the whole uh, is somebody overrated or underrated. They wanted to know about Hikaru Shida. Is she overrated or underrated? And I want to ask, start off with Andy. Andy, do you find that she's overrated or underrated? Hmm. That's tough for me to say because I don't really know her beyond AEW. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, and I don't know for for the discussions we have and for the mm-hmm. sites that I read, I don't read a lot about her. So to me, I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know that I can give a fair answer to that because she's there. Mm-hmm. She's the champ. Um, I mean, I see things like, you know, me personally that I would like to see improved upon, mm-hmm. but like, I don't, and, and it's tough with that women's division too. Yeah. She is definitely a bigger fish in a very small yeah. pond. Yeah, like if she if she was uh, that, that was one of the things after watching even uh, the TLC pay per view and watching the women's matches there and it was refreshing to like how good they were. Yeah, and said, for somebody like for her to be there, it's like okay, well I could see where you know knock on wood she was utilized properly, but she'd have more opportunities to showcase more and do better mm-hmm. in that type of environment. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna. Uh, kind of eke my way out of this one and not really give you an answer because to me I, I i haven't heard a lot of hype about her i just see what i see and okay she's pretty good but all right well i gotta agree with you in one sense is like the women's division has been so poor in AEW, and when they first made her champion i'll tell you the first week or two when she was champion i'm just like oh, what the fuck are they giving it to her for She's this unknown uh, Japanese commodity. She's done a lot of Stardust stuff, I've heard, but I don't know. I've never seen her before. I've never even heard her name before, and I follow women's wrestling a lot. However, as the weeks went on and uh, she defended her belt and wrestled so many poor women wrestlers, it was obvious that she was elevating a lot of the people. She was the one making the matches. She was the one who made it credible. Um, I think she's over underrated because just for that reason she doesn't have really good opponents to show you how great she is she has these mid-ass opponents who show you how good she is but not enough to get her that extra level i mean yeah wouldn't it be awesome to see her in the wwe facing some of the great women competitors there i think she would run with them and shine with them yeah yeah. you know she won me over Uh, i'm pretty critical about women wrestling and when she first started i had no idea who she was and i wanted to shit all over the whole pick but as weeks went by, I was like, this chick is probably their only credible real women's wrestler competing right now for this whole division. So I'm going to say that she is definitely underrated because people 
don't get to understand how good she is because the fact is she's in there with so many poor wrestlers. Right. All right. Uh, what do you think, Elio? I'm gonna I'm gonna say she's under it as well because because like you just said that with this women's division has been terrible. Some of the matches that uh, she's had haven't been like best because of it's not her. It's the opponents that she's facing have not been great. Well, you know what, guys? One thing I got to say is crazy. I was really bored, and I must have been really bored, is I actually – okay, and let's face it. I'm not going to say I sat and watched the entire thing. I actually skimmed through it and tried to find things to keep me interested through AEW Dark, okay? It was a long, grueling trek, even on Fast Forward. Um, but one of the things I got to say is it just – it's slightly frustrating when you see how many actual good and upcoming women wrestlers they do have on the roster – to what you see on the main event roster. And it's just like, what the hell's going on here? Like there are some, why for every really good wrestler you show me that maybe she's new or maybe she's up and coming. And then I get stuck with Nyla Rose or somebody like Red Velvet or, you know what I mean? Like Jade, whatever her face yeah, Oh God, <laughs> thank God. We haven't even seen her wrestle yet, have we? Uh, no, I mean, I don't think so. so um, I'm going to say, uh, you know, I watched that and I was very surprised and we'll go over, um, maybe I'll just bring it up when we actually get to the match of uh, who she to face this night. But uh, I got to say, folks, if you want to check out some good women wrestling, some up and coming good wrestling, we're not talking top tier stellar, but we're talking about some women who you can see here and go, hey, that person has potential. Check out some of AEW Dark. Skim through it. You know, nobody has that much time in their life to waste watching all that garbage. But uh, there are some interesting fellows, and there's even one or two fellows in there that uh, there was some, like, Man of Steel dude who picked up a guy, suplexed him, and you know how you do the slingshot suplex? Yep. He did it on all four ropes, never letting <laughs> the guy down. Boom, picked him up. There's only three Boom, ropes. The, all four ropes. No, there's four ropes. Like, like, off the top, off of each... Off oh, of each, I see. Uh, yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, boom, Outside. boom, yeah. boom, walked around. He never dropped the guy or put him down, oh, and he wow. wasn't some big muscular uh, Brian Cage kind of dude. I was just like, holy crap, that dude must have some pretty good strength to do that. So, but he had him so like his, call himself Man of Steel or something stupid. It was kind of funny because they were making fun of it. Uh, the announcers were kind of Great, uh, make fun of the it. talent. That's going to help get it over. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, eh? And speaking about getting over, I want, okay, I've got a question here. I'm going to throw out one more question since we didn't really have any questions. And I want you guys, your Actually, honest Actually, hold on, sorry, before... Yes. Uh, going back to Sheeta, we said we yeah. hadn't seen anything uh, from her outside of AEW. She was, uh, I was looking it up. She was actually uh, in Shimmer back like in before AEW. She was okay, I, I yeah. don't recall ever seeing her. So obviously I wasn't paying enough attention. Yeah. You didn't start out enough. Yeah, at the time, I guess not, eh? Um, let, I got a question about you guys because there are some concerns I've been reading about, hearing about, and seeing about. And we've talked about this guy before, and we've kind of wrinkled our noses and went, oh, really? But I want to know what you guys really think of the way this guy does his job and who he is. And I want to talk about Excalibur, the uh, ringing out the um, play-by-play. Play? Yeah, he's, I guess he's the color man. No, he's got to be a play-by-play because he knows all the stupid facts and he sits yeah. there. Um, first of all, Andy, what do you think of this guy? And I, I, First of all, I want to preface by saying we had a whole thing about him when yeah. it came out those those films of him using right. some extremely horrible language 
against African-American wrestlers. Although he was allowed to, for his defense, right? That was something that had been talked about. Yeah. He was allowed to use it yeah. or whatever. And... Yeah, he was given permission by the guy yeah. to do it. Yeah. And I know Rick Serrano III, um, he really came out and was very uh, angry about the whole thing. Yeah. And uh, But just from what you've seen and the way the guy talks and carries on, because I saw a few things last week that stuck in my craw and I didn't really talk about it last week, but then everybody else started talking about it too. So I wanted to go over some of that with you guys. What right now? What do you guys think of Excalibur? I don't mind him. Okay. Uh, he's he's like to me, he's there. Like he doesn't stand out. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't stand out either way. He doesn't stand out like you know this guy doesn't belong here. Mm-hmm. But also, it's not like oh this guy's you know as far as like the team goes between Jim Ross, Shivani, and him. It's not like well he's you know the top of the pack and the other two are trailing behind. But like I don't know. I don't I don't mind him. Okay, Elio. <laughs> Wait till you cough. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, for me, he's just there. Uh, I don't have a problem with him. Okay. He's well, now, I'm going to bring up two. I'm going to bring up two little incidents that happened last week that you guys may or may not have caught, or maybe you just forgot about it. Okay. The first incident happened when the the main event last week with um, Kenny fighting Joey Janela. Okay. And uh, during the match, uh, now, I, if you guys have noticed this, and a lot of people have been talking about online about this, is the, 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 the whole point of guys who do the play-by-play is to build up the talent, to build up the angles, to build up the stuff. So everything you're doing is kind of on an upward motion, and you're trying not to deflate any of that, right? Because that's the worst thing you can do. You start a story, and then you say something that makes everyone go, oh, sorry, stupid, or whatever, right? So one of the things they have been doing, and this is over three companies now, you've got over A, uh, AAA, you've got over Impact, you've got over AEW. They've talked nothing except about how the one-winged angel is this superpower move that nobody kicks out of. When Kenny puts that move on, bam, that's it, right? And the reason you know they're doing this is because someday somebody is going to kick out of it and make it a massive move. So that makes sense, right, Andy? You've seen yep. that. You build yep. up that move, right? You build something up, yep. Right. Did you catch last week how they talked about the one-wing angel and then really out of the corner of his mouth, Excalibur says, well, Kota Obushi kicked out of it once. Out oh. of nowhere. It cuts down this whole story from a yep. guy who 10 years ago in a company that nobody watches, DDT, yep. featuring a wrestler who's not on the AEW thing, yeah. and yet... As they're trying to build up this as the super move, Mr. Smarty Pants has to say, oh, wow, hey, you know, Kota Bushi kicked out of it. Yeah, I didn't even, I, yeah, I didn't even catch it. <laughs> I must so. have missed that part. Now, the problem with that is if you didn't catch it, awesome. That's good. But if you did catch it and you're a new fan and you're watching this and you're thinking, well, I guess somebody did kick out of this move. That move isn't that yeah. great. So somebody's going to kick out of it someday. Kind of undercuts the eventual person who's going to think. Hopefully it fades out. Hopefully nobody... Kicks out of it finally. I bet for the you for the while. I bet you for the most of the audience that watches, mm-hmm. it wouldn't even matter. But wouldn't you be pissed if you were that guy? If Andy Anderson had the move that you were prepping as the thing, and then out of the corner of the mouth, Mister Smartass has to kind of kindly say that a wrestler from another place did in fact kick out of your move. It just kind of undercuts things. It, it's yeah. not the job of the announcer. No, oh no, I'm not. Dis- I'm not disagreeing with that. I agree with you there. That's you know probably not the best thing to do, but at the mm-hmm. same time. You know, and I talk about it all the time. And today's day and age of everybody's short attention span and everybody's short memories, 
you know what, a month from now, you know, people, someone's going to, someone's going to kick out of it and people are going to be like, oh yeah, but remember Kota Ibushi? That's what Excalibur said. People aren't going to be doing that. You'd hope, but I can guarantee no, you guys won't. like me and Elio would yeah, remember but, that. Yeah, but you and know I what? Don't, even if we didn't cover this, I used to remember stuff like that. When an announcer would say something later on happened, it would kick back to me. And this is way before I ever did any like analysis or any of these things. Yeah. I'd be like, hey, didn't that guy once say, you know, for me, I, to keep it real, I have to keep the whole dialogue real, right? Again, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I'm just saying for the most of the most of the viewers, mm-hmm. it probably you know the, the time it happens, it's gonna be it's still gonna be a big deal. Yes, it's not gonna be any less of a deal. Oh no, it's not. There's no hope. Mm-hmm. It'll be built up in a match. When it happens, whoever does it, it's still gonna be. Oh, I can't believe he kicked out. And people, it's not gonna be. Oh well, yeah, he kicked out, but you know, Kota Bushi did that. That's not gonna happen. Okay. I mean, and I, 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 I mean, you, like you'll mm-hmm. you'll remember. Elio mm-hmm. remember. Uh, people but that's not going to take away from when it happens is what i'm saying okay that's fair enough that's fair enough i guess i just find that is it's frustrating enough that you have a guy who doesn't seem to like push things enough and i the other incident was a kind of dumb one i I guess it went back and forth because i know at the time don Callis had the thing and maybe he was trying to undercut Callis's thing but it just seemed like it reminded me of matt Stryker. Do you remember when Matt Stryker used to do the things? And at first he was kind of cool, but then after a while he was saying so much crap that you were just like, shut the fuck up, man. Like, yeah. who cares, you know? And Unless I think that's party pants. Yeah. And that's like when he had, all. yeah. And that's what happened when he had, when, um, when uh, Kenny did some move and he's like, uh, Don Callis called it by its name. And then, um, Excalibur felt like he had to correct him <laughs> and say what the name of the move was exactly. And it was just like, uh, I don't know. And and I guess I'm just finding him frustrating. Like he isn't worth, he's starting to become to me in the Matt Stryker character where he's just not worth the extra dumb shit he's saying right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, he doesn't have enough personality to be the guy you're going to miss, but he's being annoying enough. Um, Yeah. So that's, I just wanted to bring up because I was wondering if you guys were starting to feel that. Good. Okay. Yeah. But you, now you're going to keep it on. <laughs> Maybe, or it could be like the spoilers. And like I said, I could just as soon forget it by the time next week rolls around. Unless something mm-hmm. pops up that you actually, I'm like, oh. I mean, like to me, there's, there's other things that stands out with the commentary that we'll get to when we talk about the show. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not, not Excalibur. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. You know what, folks? We're going to take a really quick uh, break here. When we get back, we're going to get into some AEW because – we got to see the show tonight. What do they call it? Some Christmas bash. Some holiday kind of bash. Holiday, holiday bash. bash. We're going to get into the holiday bash. And uh, let's hope we had some fun. Um, before we go over there, Elio, tell yes, people sir. where they can write in and, uh, you know, tell, ask us questions, uh, put in their own questions, ask us to come tackle something. Where would hey, you do that? So you can write to us on Facebook at Wrestling POV Podcast, Instagram Wrestling POV One, and Twitter at Wrestling POV. And you know what, folks? We are one of many shows on the WPOV network. There's us global. You can find every Friday, yes, Friday, uh, where, you, where we go into AEW. We, we do a deep dive. We talk about a lot of independent stuff. Features me, Elio, and Andy. Uh, then we have on Saturday uh, the uh, granddaddy of them all, the, the WPOV Wrestling, featuring Rick Serrano, um, Tony Diaz. Yeah, exactly. And Elio, Elio, what the fuck, man? Why are you over there? Why are you over there every week? What's going on, man? 
You got nothing else better. He's to almost do? kind of pulling like a new world order kind of thing. Eh? Yeah. He's kind of sneaking over there. Yeah, what is that Say all about? hello to the gentleman. Oh, I don't know. That'll be, that'll be a tribute to his brother. That'll be a tribute. That'll be a tribute to your brother and his Razor yeah. Ramon impersonation. Another healer face. I'm a tweener. Yeah, you're a tweener already. Right. You know what? I'm almost gonna talk. I'm gonna make Joe watch the show, and we're gonna replace him, like oh. place you with him. You know, we'll have a Canella. It might not be Andy's son, but at least uh, at least he won't be a traitorous cur who goes between all the shows. Anyways, you can find those shows on Saturday where they tackle everything in the WWE. And you also have a special show that we do every Monday. I know it's become a really fun uh, time for me and Andy where we get to really sit down and talk some really cool wrestling stuff. Uh, it's not all just gimmicks and stuff. It's talking about the things that really interest us in wrestling and how other people see it. And that's a chance for us to learn and talk with other guys about it, veterans, up-and-comers, men, women, you name it. Everybody. And that's WPOV Quarantine, which you can find Tuesdays on this network. And we do a show called Aftermath, which you'll find after every big major pay-per-view, which features one of the five or six of us uh, talking uh, whatever we just saw. So, and by the way, I wonder if we've sent out a congratulations to Andy Anderson, the first winner... Um, of the WPOV the reigning, defending, yes, undisputed <laughs> WPOV points pay per view champion of the world. Yeah. And just think, yeah. and I'm here on our show right now. And I'm yes. Yes. And you know what? I love it because if I have to hear Rick Serrano the third bitch on about how he's so <laughs> fucking great with this game, I would rather, I'd rather the Canadian boy, Andy Anderson. Right, exactly. Good job, Andy. Yeah, uh, I unfortunately He's gone from first to worst. <laughs> I unfortunately came in second last place. So you weren't trying though. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm not very good at this game. I've never come close to anything in this game. So uh, Elio has cheated, I believe, once or twice to win. Good for him. Yeah, but, but it's good to see a real player. And I want to say, good on you, Andy. It's good to see a real player who doesn't have to resort to cheating to get there. Right. Well, folks, we're going to come back after uh, Andy takes my nose out of his ass. And uh, <laughs> we're going to talk some AEW wrestling. This is Flip Gordon, and you are listening to Wrestling POV Podcast. Hey, folks, we are back. And we are ready to jump into AEW wrestling. I don't mind. And today we have the Holiday Bash. The Holiday Bash. First of all, who likes the name Holiday Bash? Thumbs up or down? Or is it I'm just okay generic? It. Yeah, it's generic. What are you going to call it? I don't know. At least they didn't name it after a Def Leppard album. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> there's a barb out there for somebody who knows that yep. <laughs> All right. So we uh, start off. And this is funny because before we get into this match, Rick Serrano actually texted me and asked me, why the hell are these guys having wrestling each other? But... Chris Jericho and MJF with Jake Hager taking on top flight. All right. Elio, why don't you start us off? What did you yeah, think of this match? I, I, uh, this was a good opening match for me. I, like I said on past episodes, I like top flight. Uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a good opening match. Uh, the ending after we had a, we had a Jake Hager grabbing a mic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Calling and, out uh, Wardlow. Of yeah, calling yeah. out Wardlow. Yeah. yeah. So apparently there's a match next week because uh, Wardlow right. wasn't there. But um, yeah, a lot of uh, move, a lot of fast moves here. And it makes sense to good you. Opening. Good opening match. Yeah, yeah, good, good opening, opening match. Okay. Uh, like a better than you claimed. Okay. There you go. 
similar sentiments. I thought it was a, a good opener. Uh, and I messaged, you know, I sent this message uh, during uh, during the show. I said, for a lot of the newer teams that are out there, Top Flight's one of the ones that I'm more yeah. invested open in. to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and, and for young kids to be in there with, with especially with Jericho and MJF, uh, I thought it was a, a solid match, right? Team one. And uh, I liked the little post-match thing there with Hager and calling out Wardlow and not uh, too soon. No, I mean, you know what, at this point it's like, to me, it's like everything's been dragging. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Who knows what the hell is going on. So, I mean, and and maybe that's on us for just assuming that, you know, as soon as things happened, they were going to fall apart and we're we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And it's like, okay, you know what? I'm kind of giving up on that. I'm Mm -hmm. just, you know, trying to get more at face value. And it's like, okay, well, you know, obviously there's still a little tension here. And, and we saw that the last time they had their big town hall meeting or whatever, their big thing, yeah. about, you know, the, the two of them kind of standing off, you know, opposite sides kind of, well, I can stop looking if you can stop that whole thing, whatever. But um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, but a good start to the show. Okay. Um, you know, you guys have gone over most of it. I, my little note say, uh, I like the smooth way that uh, the top flight works together. You know, I don't know if that's a brother thing, but obviously they're so on the same page all the yeah. time with their moves. Um, I watched this with my wife, which she never watches it, but because of the late start she had, she was sitting in the living room and she looks at me and she goes, oh my God, Chris Jericho has got like dad bod shape. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like no matter how much he works out, he ain't changing. He looks like a paunchy dad up there. <laughs> like, <laughs> Unfortunately, like, it's just, and you know, you guys know, like I talk about that on a regular yeah. basis, like, like. He didn't look too bad today, but mm-hmm. overall, it's like he doesn't like to me. Just doesn't doesn't feel like this is gonna sound weird, but it doesn't feel like he looks healthy. Yeah, and it's sort of funny because I said to her, "What if he put on like one arm singlet like Andre the Giant?" And she's like, "Well, then he'd have a tit hanging out." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I'm not sure what we're gonna do." Then, then he'd be like a lot of women that wake up in the morning when they don't, you know, they sleep without a bra and. Eh. <laughs> yeah. Um. There was one point that there was one thing that really grabbed my attention in this ring. And when it happened at first second, you know, when you're watching stuff and you see something, you go, oh shit. But then they turn it around and you go, oh, okay. And that was when there was a, um, a sequence in there where MJF and one of the top flight guys, they started doing that thing where you bounce off the other like ropes and you don't quite come at each other yet. You just kind of yeah, run yeah. to the center, run to the And then it was sort of funny because uh, MJF just stopped. And I'm like, oh, is he just waiting for the move? But instead, he grabbed him and power slammed him down to end the move. And I was like, fuck yeah, that made sense. Yeah, that looked good. Makes sense. That looked good. At first, if he hadn't done that, if he had just stood there and took the move like a hurricanrana, which I thought was going to happen, I would have been like, really? Yeah. But no, it, it looked good. MJF made it, it look pretty good. Uh, I also give props to some weird ass kind of tandem move where and we see tandem moves a lot but they usually look so contrived like you know when um uh, private party does that dumb thing like they tried to do with matt hardy where they go over the rope and do that kind of rope on the, they kind of roll on the back of the guy behind him and then they roll black and do the move you know it looks so contrived because it, it's it takes a long time to do and it looks too smooth and you know I kind of don't like that. And I see that a lot, but they did this kind of move where one of them sunset flipped one while the other one jumped over the top rope and flipped on the guy from it. And it looked good because it wasn't picture perfect. It looked like a guy who went over and went, okay, I'm doing the best of this. You know, that's some really good wrestling. That makes it look good. You know, it's not your choreographed, uh, 
unfortunately, I don't want to get on their case. I know Andy will, but the young bucks sometimes <laughs> tend to have a lot of, you know, it's like dance moves they practiced all week yeah. before they went out there. Uh, so I'm going to say it was a good match. I like to see uh, Jake Hager finally doing something. <laughs> yeah. Let's face it, he's done a hell of a lot of nothing <laughs> the whole time he's been in the, you know, in the inner uh, circle. So this was good. And uh, I kind of didn't, I didn't think him and Wardlow would be the ones to start off this uh, fight at each other, to be honest. Um, all right. Next, uh, <laughs> Andy, what did you think about the acclaimed music video? <laughs> you know what? Yeah. I didn't mind it. Okay. I honestly didn't mind it. It Just wasn't for, as horrible think, as the first week, yeah. No, 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 it wasn't. And, you know, it was, it was kind of... I want to say it was kind of it was smart. I'm trying to think of like how I can. It was smart. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what? It it entertained me. It it chuckled. Like I I, I was chuckling because I'm I'm watching this. I'm like, oh no. And I'm like, ah, okay, yeah, all right. It was, and even even the production with the video and stuff wasn't bad. Like the whole buck hunting thing and like yeah, I, you know it it they got me on this one. I I I was entertained. I gotta say so too because it was like okay, the guy can rap because, man, I sure didn't get that the first week. It was so yeah. painful when he came yeah. out. Uh, this wasn't so bad. It was kind of interesting. It was shot like, I swear to God, I, I was like, I was back in high school in the late 80s watching <laughs> like some, you know, goofy band doing their, like some Canadian yeah. rap group doing some goofy song or something. So I, I bought into it. I was like, okay, let's give I, the acclaim a chance. I had to yeah. go I had to go back and, uh, so, and watch it again. So like, because I'm like, Oh, I didn't get it the first time. Then I went back and watched. I'm like, okay, it's it's not it's not that bad. Let's be honest. Elio's already gone to iTunes looking to see if he can find yeah. it. Yeah, he, he's already bought it. Not even looking, he bought it. What? <laughs> he's gonna it's be walking new, around the house yeah. with his headphones. It's his new ringer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's give that one a we'll give that one a pass yeah. then. Uh, Tony Schiavone and Sting. Wow. What a whole lot of nothing. I'm sorry, in my mind, I'm going to say this. It's like he came out and we got to see Sting and people got to yell, but he really didn't say anything. He didn't really get to do anything. And I got to tell you, man, Taz and his group look like pussies, worse and worse each week. You know, now they backed away from a guy, an old, a 61-year-old man with a baseball bat and a skinny little dude with a skateboard chased off three two giant muscle men one really good wrestler one up-and-coming wrestler and a partridge in a pear tree yeah that, that's about the nicest thing i could say about taz but wow <laughs> do they ever look like puss wusses here puss wusses yes andy what did you think of this whole thing um yeah it you know, it was a Tony Schiavone sting moment. He got to do a dusty pro, you know, dustyism. Um, my two issues with this, okay, mm-hmm. three, because I mean, there wasn't much coming out of it. It's like you said, as far as sting went. Yeah. Um, yeah. Team Taz. I did. Uh, Stark's doing the, I almost said Tony Stark. Ricky Stark's <laughs> doing the, the promo it was good stuff. He's and even after. Guy. He, you know, the fact they let kind of him do most of the talking was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then even afterwards, he was trying to kind of go sing there. He's kind of like making some faces and stuff. And I was like, Kate, like, I'm okay with this. Um, Taz, yeah. But <laughs> the, other, the other thing for me, Darby Allen is not a big guy to start with. 
And to me, you know, it's like one of those things where, hey, he's the face of TNT. Don't forget that. Um, you got to try and mask that. And I think WWE usually does a good job with uh, camera angles and ring positioning to minimize guys you know there's a sizable like even Rey Mysterio yeah. Jr. can look half decent in right. WWE um, but Darby Allen first of all with the wide shot standing next to Sting or you know whatever five like feet pole. away he looked like a beanpole he looks short and the other thing and he and he does this from time to time where and I don't get it because to me one of the things I was always taught is like you want to always try and make yourself look bigger in the mm-hmm. ring and so when you're not a big guy to start with and you do that thing where you kind of squat down yeah you make yourself you smaller. look tiny and i just like drove me nuts and i think there was like there was like some there was something else too because i remember one of their camera angles i'm like oh that doesn't look that makes them look really like small and yeah the fact like you said like team taz is backing off from a 61 year old and you know this guy that's I mean, you say being Paul, I'm going to try to be nicer. And he's just, you know, not a big guy. It's like, really? What is it? Like six on five on two, six on two. And you're, you're back. And I was like, oh, like, I, I don't care how you're trying to disguise that we're going to take the high road. No, mm-hmm. it just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna to fight another day. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Brian Cage uh, was, uh, wanted a fight oh, or something. Or, or, well, as usual, he's like, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready now. I'm ready now. No. You come, know, on, Spike, br- come on, Spike. Come on, Spike. Let me have Spike. Let me have Spike. Now, you, you bring up a good point, uh, Andy, was um, the whole way that people look and are presented. And we got a trouble here is they've got to do something about Taz because everyone knows Taz is extremely small. And yeah. when he's standing out there and Brian Cage looks like he's not that much taller than him, that it automatically makes you think that Brian Cage ain't that, that big, big of a dude. Yeah. And that was that's problematic for them. Um, I don't mind his promos, uh, Taz. Yeah. Um, but once again, this whole begging off like this stuff is ridiculous. They could have at least crashed the ring and be chased off. Might have been a little bit better. Yeah. You know, because at least it makes a little sense. Or, you know what, you, you send in two guys. Like you send you know, maybe yeah. Ricky Starks and Will Hobbs or something. Go, you yeah. know try to take it back and like, whoa, 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 you know, like, like back off that way, but to just, yeah. we'll take the high road. No, no. Then why did you come up for in the first yeah. place? Yeah. <laughs> just a waste of time. And the whole segment was a waste of time because Sting absolutely did nothing. He did a funny uh, imitation and did, did the funny imitation of Dusty Rhodes kind of take away the scariness of Sting at all to you guys? Did it make him look like, did it make him just seem like a goofy guy or did it make him, did, or was it just nothing really? I, to me, I not like I, even from his last promo, like the way, the way Sting looks, the way versus the way he talks, especially mm-hmm. now at this point. Yeah. To me, it's it's not a. There's no mystique. Mm-hmm. That's just that's Sting. You know, we're happy he's here. Yeah. We accept it as that. But, you know, it, that to me, that's the equivalent. You know, if we talk about Sting being as close as you can to the Undertaker's equivalent. Oh, yeah. Undertake, but you know what I mean? Just kind of like yeah. that, that dark. No, no, I get it. Yeah. With the mystique. Yeah. That would be like Undertake to me. That would be like if Undertaker went out into the ring now as Undertaker and spoke like we see Undertaker, uh, you know, through all these uh, specials and all these behind the scenes yeah. things. Mm-hmm. If he was going to talk like Mark Calloway and look like the Undertaker, mm-hmm. it would just horrible. And that's what I find like here. It's like he's. You see the the character, you see the mystique of Sting, and then he talks, 
and yeah, then it's Steve, it's Steve Borden. Yeah. And I remember saying to my wife, I was like, man, I wish I could get a house coat like that. I was like, so cool getting out of the shower. Because <laughs> unfortunately, he, he's to me, he's kind of his mystique has gone to that point where it's like, oh, nice, nice uh, house coat there. Uh, yeah, I'll make it. I wish, I mean, I kind of I get it. it. It's just not my thing. Like, I, I, I still, if they're going to present him like this, then. Mm-hmm. You know, he shouldn't be, he can talk about, you know, back in the day how he was given an opportunity, but he didn't need to name drop. He didn't need to do the, the impersonation. Okay. You know, okay. he just said, you know, there was a time, you know, back when, when the up coming sting went, you know, this happened, I was with the veteran or something, da, 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 da. And now I'm here and okay. I'm kind of like paying it forward or something like that. That would have been to me more digestible and more meaningful than named yeah Steve i mean promo and... if if he had just came out and talked as sting about how you know dusty had been in there instead of doing the whole i mean for two seconds it was cool to hear him talk like that yeah, yeah. but that, that, at the end it took away any mystique yeah, yeah. and it took yeah. away such mystique of sting again yeah you know once again you for me i'm starting to feel like sting is just steve borden dressing up and, and, and coming out with a baseball bat every week it's it's not yep. sting anymore yeah. And I don't know if they'll be able to get that back for me, which means it's going to be like, you know, diminishing returns. The more he comes out, cause they're going to use him. Yeah. And the more that he does this, the less people are going to be, have any kind of mystique for Sting. Yeah. What's going to happen next week. We're going to have Sting out again. Sting, you didn't really get to finish telling us what happened from last <laughs> week. So let's yeah. try again this week. And in three weeks will be like Sting. Tell us about what catering is like in the back, because you've been to some pretty cool caterings. How was this catering Sting? Well, I don't want to give that away right now, but I'll tell you. Yeah. Darby Allen likes the catering. <laughs> I don't what? believe that. Darby Allen doesn't look like he eats at the catering. No, come on. After last week, guys, as soon as I seen Darby Allen, I went, I like turtles. <laughs> I could not stop laughing when I saw it. That's true. <laughs> that's still one of the best things AEW has done and Team Taz has done. Yeah, Taz really – that's horrible. He's taken away so much mystique if you watch the internet. I never saw that. I like turtles. <laughs> Sorry. Too much. Okay, then we switch to some very serious thing. And it's a hard one because is there a punchline later for this? But – uh, MJF goes to the back. He says, okay, this, oh, yeah. I have to do this. And then he walks in and he talks about something real because uh, that's why Santana had been gone for a little while. His grandfather had died. Comes in and does this very heartfelt, you know, thing. I'm not sure what we're supposed to take away from that or what we were supposed to take away from yeah. that. Yeah, I didn't get that. You know, is it trying to tell us that MJF is very serious about his care for the inner circle, though every week he tends to act like he doesn't really care about them it was a very even at the end i was waiting is he going to give some wink which i thought would have been terrible but at least it would have made sense yeah just a little bit of confusion for me on this one yeah yeah i don't know and that's that's the same thing as like or is this supposed to be one of those things it's like for people like us that you know we're second guessing the motives of mjf Mm -hmm. oh well he did this so he must be on the level now i don't know i don't know the next match guys um i'm gonna tell you when i saw this i said to my (laughs) wife i don't fucking care and i like skipped it till the very end uh because let's face it like who cares colt cabana who we never see anyways yeah teaming up with five and ten i mean we're talking about the lowest of the dark order (laughs) against jurassic express who are to me the lowest of the tag teams 
I just did not give a crap either way who won this, what happened. I didn't think anything of any note would special. I'll, I'll talk about the the uh, the interview afterwards, but I'm going to start off first with Elio. Elio, your impressions of this match and did it mean anything or whatever? How did you feel watching this match? What did you He's talking about the match. <laughs> okay, any any time uh, Dark Orders in the ring. He, that's me at my low point because the matches aren't really that great, but I was fine with this match. Um, like we were saying last week, well, Luchasaurus deleted the character, but like keep the wrestler and repackage him, yep. separate him off, break him off Jurassic Express, send him on a singles run, and I think uh, he could do well, but this match uh, wasn't bad. How about Colt? Is Colt meaning cool. anything I, to you these cool, days? Cool, cool. Colt is just there. I, I don't care about Colt Cabana. All right, Andy. Uh, you know what? For for what it was, it was an all right match. Uh, you know what? You got to talk about Colt. Uh, Colt was good working with Marco Stutt. Uh, just doing the kind of the big man, small man thing with him. Mm-hmm. I actually I appreciated that. So I you know I give props to both of those guys on that. Um, yeah, Luchasaurus uh, just. It's time for the gimmick to go find him something else. And now, do you think I was being unfair by skipping all this? Well, you, it, I mean, there wasn't a whole heck of a lot to it. You didn't, you weren't missing anything yeah. pivotal. Yeah, that's what I figured um, was going to happen. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to miss anything. Yeah, but but having said that, for what it was, it was it was a decent match. Okay. And and there was you know you can I mean, obviously everybody worked hard, uh, you know, and I'm like and. Uh, uh, What's his name? Jungle Boy looked good. Mm-hmm. He usually you know, does. Yep, yep. So and, and you know, and Cole, you can say, oh well, Cole, Cole was there, but he was there, but but he was doing what Colt does, and 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 it worked because uh, at least story wise, kind of working with, especially working a lot there with Marco, you know, because he was doing this stuff where he's kind of not taking him seriously. He's kind of doing mm-hmm. the chuckles and stuff, and and you know, Marco's outmaneuvering them and moving like one step ahead and it was just it was simple stuff mm-hmm. but it it worked and with that type of you know with that type of uh opponent with you know mm-hmm. with, with marcus having a character like that that's what you needed and that delivered so i'm you're good, you with, know, it? Okay, that's I'm cool. good with it and i want to preface by saying also that uh, i like Cole cabana i don't have a problem with him like some people do on our network who you know the other show those guys brutalize anything they don't they refuse to watch even when Cole cabana's on a match um I like him. I always have. It's just I don't like him floating around the bottom of the card with the dark order. It, it you know, oh wow, he got to team with five and ten. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but that means absolutely nothing. Like, right. I mean, that's what I'm saying when I say I don't care, like because it's um, yeah. this this guy, he's better than uh, hanging out with the dark order. See, but you guys say that, and this is where I look. You know, when I often look at things, and I'll mm-hmm. tell people like, you know, we we can say what we like, but we don't like, but we don't know. What thing? What's going on backstage? We don't know behind the scenes stuff. You know, for all we know, that you know that's why Colt was brought in was to work with these guys. You know, to be the the ring general to kind of help these guys along. So you might say, okay, well he's not doing much, man. There's what's what's he doing there? That might be why. Maybe he's the one that the pitch and said, hey, let me work with these guys. You know, I don't need to have any big spot or anything like that. Okay. I can do this. Okay. Well, with just, that just being said, thought. with that being said. In, in that vein, wouldn't it be nice if they had a secondary show where they could focus on Cole Cabana teaming with these nobodies to take them? Oh, wait, isn't that called Dark? Huh. 
Anyways. Or maybe it'll be uh, AEW Elevation in the new year. <laughs> I've heard about that coming, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, then they uh, Tony Giovanni gets in the ring to interview Jurassic Express. Yep. And boom, just as they start talking, FTR pop up on the screen. FTR threatens to beat the living snot out of them coming up. Um, Tully Blanchard wakens up out of his coma and actually speaks, which I really <laughs> yeah. like. I was I, fine I, with this. I was really fine yeah. with this. I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah. Um, and I just the comical look of five foot one Marco <laughs> right. trying to rip through the ropes as everyone's yeah. holding him back was uh, ridiculous and yet somewhat funny and enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, guys, what did you think of the promo from FTR? Uh, basically, what you said, like it was, yeah. it was fun. It was, you know, and and Marco's reaction with Tali, like that was laughable. But <laughs> it, it's good though, because you know what? If they don't do anything, then we're almost going to be sitting there going, "Well, geez, guys, like sell it, like do something." Yeah. So it, it's kind of almost you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. True so the that. fact that he was kind of like, you know, he wanted to <laughs> he was incredibly feral, which was pretty yes. fun. And feral is an awesome word. I think just that, that's yeah, that was good. So it was it was a good little segment. All right. Speaking about segments, um, boy, I want to love these segments more, but I'm I'm very on the fence of this. Uh, Alex Marvez uh, comes up to Kenny Omega and Don Callis in a uh, hotel lobby, and uh, I say I want to like this, but every time it just seems something's missing for me in Kenny Omega's delivery of what he's trying to do right now. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, props to that crazy jacket. I told my wife I wanted it. She told me never in, in this world would she ever let me wear a jacket like that, like Kenny's. Um, what did you get out of this one, Andy? Uh, I didn't mind it. I Maybe this is just me and this is the little things, but like I chuckle where we first get to them. They're all wearing masks. And, and, I under, and I understand, you know, for the purpose of a promo, but it was just funny that they're all wearing masks. And then it's like, okay, Don's going to speak, takes off the mask. And mm-hmm. then it's like, Kenny's going to speak, takes off the mask. It's like, wait a minute. Isn't that why you guys are supposed to be wearing masks in the first place? Or like maybe <laughs> Don, if you're going to do it while you're talking, then like once you're finished talking, then put it back on. Like, and again, I, I get it, but I'm just saying it was one of those things, and it's just with the way the way the way the world is today. Yeah, it just it made me chuckle, like almost like, well, if Alex Marvez can talk with, like, not yeah, if he can do, talk, yeah. he can do it. Please don't um, let him talk. But yes, yeah, but uh, no, it's okay, and, and it, it's always going to be tough. I mean, you know, it, you you guys joke about like anything coming up with the young bucks, like oh, Andy's going to be like this, and that's kind of how I am with Don Callis. Like, I just uh, yeah, like I. He's he's okay, but like I don't coming into the picture at this. It's tough. I mean, on the one hand, I get his role and in coming into this picture, but at the same time, it's like Kenny Kami can hold his own. Kenny though, and I'm wondering because you know I can think back to the New Japan days, and he it seemed like he did cool stuff. But then I remember he's speaking to a mostly Japanese crowd, who probably three quarters of them don't know Fair what enough. the fuck he's saying. You know, so he does this kind of over-the-top stuff. But the over-the-top stuff right now for me is not just not ringing right for what he's trying to portray. It, right. it seems to me, in my mind, he's trying to portray like he is this super cool, better-than-everyone champion who's really cocky and ready to fight. But he doesn't come across that in his interviews. He comes across as goofy. You know, he's t- yeah, putting yeah. too much goof into it. And I get well how that works in New Japan because just the translation and whatnot. Yeah. 
but it seems like in, in, in the American audience, it doesn't make him seem credibly tough whatsoever. You know, and, and that bothers me because I want to see, I've seen Kenny Omega. I know the things he can do. I've enjoyed many, many matches. Me and Elio have seen great matches from this dude, but he's not filling me with that kind of confidence with what he's doing right now. And that for me is a bit of a, a thing. Elio, what would you think of that? No, I tell like what you just said, the, the comedy part of his was just make him look goofy. Like when he was doing with the telephone bit. Ring, ring, yeah. ring, ring. Yeah. You know what so, that reminded me of? I'm sorry. What? This, maybe you guys will know this. And I mean, for some listeners, yeah. maybe maybe they'll pop. But that to me reminds me from the, I think it was the first WWF wrestling album when Jimmy Hart <laughs> does Eat Your Heart Out, Rick Springfield. And he's doing the ring, ring. Oh, hello. Hey, Cindy Ann. Uh, no, this is, it just... I'm sorry. I just think, yeah, you, I, <laughs> the fact that I'm still laughing. I'm, thank you. So yeah. if anybody else gets that, thank you. Cause that's what it reminded me of. And, and this is what I wanted to say um, was, okay. Remember when Ric Flair would come out and yeah, Ric Flair would be loud and bombastic and he would say stuff, but he seemed like a guy who was like, had this energy and went, okay. All right. I'm going to come after you, you know? And you kind of like, okay. Whether he runs away or not, you know, Ric Flair is coming in with an anger, right? Yeah. It seems like Kenny Omega is like, la, 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 la. I'm the champion, then I'm going to da, da, da. These is he are a champion mine. or is he a smurf? You know, Have you ever listened? Go back and listen to his, um, yeah, the way he to. talks. He talks like an almost a sing-song patter. And I'm like, what are you doing, man? That doesn't sound tough or cool. You sound like a guy playing wrestling right now. And I, I, that bothers me because I know he's a damn good wrestler and he yeah. can do a lot more. And it feels like to me that people are just not seeing it because he's mm. not like, seriously, guys, go look back at least two. I challenge anyone out there to look at his last three promos, his last three, and listen to the cadence and the words he says. And you're just going to go, oh, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. If and I've tried not it, to say, hoping he would change it. Sorry, go ahead, Nelly. If he's angry, he should sound like he's angry in the previous yeah. poems. He sounds like a guy who takes a breath and reads some lines in a sing-song <laughs> pattern, and I'm not sure what that's about. Hmm. I'm not digging that. Uh, it, it comes off as extremely phony because nobody with passion would talk like that. Yeah. And he's supposed to be the passionate world champion. All right. Uh, maybe I read too much into this stuff too, guys. Uh, I, I might, and I, on the flip side, I might have taken it too lightly and just because I'm, you know, going to be a little bit jaded with, with Don Callis' presence there, like, I got to admit, Don Callis is pretty fucking um, uh, distracting. I don't think he needs him either. Yeah. It, it, it makes him seem like he, where did he pick up this carny? Who, he doesn't deserve yeah. to be yeah. in the main event. He's like, he's got yeah. this mid, he's got an indie card carny yeah. <laughs> picking him up. And it's like. Indie card hmm. carny. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, we move on to a match that uh, I was kind of looking forward to. And I thought it was a stronger match, to be honest. Uh, the Butcher versus Pack. Uh, you want to start? You, you're shaking your head. Tell me about it. Uh, I enjoyed it right from the onset. Uh, you know, Butcher's new look. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that was a, you know, with the Butcher. To me, it, it almost felt like a bit of a a nod to Abdullah, kind of with like the red and the the black kind of pants like that compared to what he had. But I think it's night and day better than what he had before. Except uh, one thing. Can I throw the one thing in there, Andy? Sure. I said to my wife, as matters the cool and the things look. 
a big man should not be wearing capris. That looked pretty fucking goofy <laughs> that he had. For I, I him suppose, to have the capri. Yeah. <laughs> part of it. The rest of it, if, from from that part down, was if terrible. Actually, but everything if, else if looked were, good. If they were actually like pants, then if they're like yeah. kind of like a full pant, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that because even like I don't know if you remember kind of like my I don't want to say like my style because like my style kind of tights are almost kind of like a bit like bell bottomish, mm-hmm. but they, but they're kind of like the wider. Yep. The wide, and I think I think you're right. Like if they, if he, I'm okay. I laugh because I can, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But, and I'm okay with it. But if they were also the full pant too, and they were still like that, I'd be. The full pant would have been awesome. Like, yeah. I love the colors. You're right. That looked great. Yeah. But when I see that kind of thing, it reminds me of skinny Japanese wrestlers that you see yeah, yeah. like from the old Ring of Honor days. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. go on. But, oh no. But uh, no, they both look good. It was a solid back and forth match. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, stuff looked believable. It was, it was solid. It was good. Uh, I was getting a little worried I think it was like one or two points in there when like the blade starts hopping up and it just almost like seemed like a bit crowded. Uh, yeah. Crowded. Um, a bit too busy. Yeah. And, and, and like to me, like that match didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, overall it was, it was probably like one of the better matches on the card. Um, this is also something where earlier in the show, we talked about the commentary, like with Excalibur and I said a point uh, later on in the show, I, this is probably to me was one of the Eddie, Eddie Kingston's best work for me. Mm-hmm. With okay. The commentary. Explain. Uh, hang on, I'm going to see what I have with the notes here. Okay. No, that was for the end. Um, I love how he respects the hell out of JR. Mm-hmm. I love how he like, you know, craps on Tony Schiavone <laughs> yeah. and the fact, and, and like, you know, like, you know, he'll go along with stuff with JR and I love, and it's so heelish. I love it. Cause Tony will call him out on stuff and he yeah. knows sells it. Doesn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it was like, man, was that awesome. Uh, so like that throughout the whole thing, I loved it. You know, we were, we were, we've been worried on other episodes about like the direction of Eddie Kingston. Yeah. If this is the road that they're going with him with this, love it i'm i'm happy because it's it's entertaining and it's still like heelish enough for me um it was the same thing you know when he was he got up from the announcers area and he's coming <laughs> over he's like man like like push you gotta finish you gotta finish him and then lance archer comes out yeah. and i love it he does the 180 and he just <laughs> doesn't even look back he turns and walks back and oh that was awesome so that to me just yeah added to it and then like i said it was it was good for for eddie kingston it was good for the match uh you know for archer kind of coming out there too to kind of cause a distraction for the win cool it to me that was that may have been the best match of the night yeah okay for me most entertaining for sure i also really enjoyed when he went back he grabbed the mic and then when archer and uh um started kind of yeah, yeah. Arguing a bit, he was yeah. like, "Look, they can't even get together." Like he, he yeah. it right up and, and, and just stirring right the pot, just yeah. stirring the pot. Yeah, it was awesome. I love it. Yeah. This match, only... Sorry, go ahead. No, this match was uh, yeah. Just what Andy said, this match was great. I, uh, Eddie Kingston commentary was was uh, one of my favorite parts of that match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. The only thing, the only thing for me, and we talked about this, is perception is I wish Eddie would dress something that made him look bigger. He looks so freaking skinny going over to the commentator. And then when he came back and Archer came out, he was like, 
oh, he looks like a skinny little dude, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there, there's got to be something to dress him up to just make him to give that illusion, you know, Accent- and I think that, even to accentuate the size yeah. and, and, and it helped. Yeah. Yeah. And a definite problem with AEW is that is I, I don't think they think those things through, you know, yeah. like WWE, you're right. You can, if you can make somebody as tiny as uh, Rey Mysterio look credible in size, you can do that with Taz and with, um, Eddie Kingston, Darby. Should, you know, yeah. cause I watched it with my wife. And the first thing she said is like, who's the skinny wild mouth guy. And I'm like, he's not Eesh. skinny, but he's it was not. just the yeah. way, he, just the way it was looking. You, you don't do that professional shows, professional things. You don't show those side of, of people looking like that. There's things that can be done. So AEW, yeah. my God, don't let Eddie Kingston become like, you know, it, it undercuts him. If if my wife, who rarely watches this, is just like someone else who just turned it on, all the great things we said about Eddie Kingston has now been turned into like Jimmy Hart. You know, he's just a little we- big mouth weasel. Yeah. That takes away from what he's trying to do. So that was my only uh, bad thing about that. Loved it, though. I thought, though, Archer looked kind of, he looks so awkward lately. Like he just comes out and stands around or... It's uh, is that just him as like a face thing or something? I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Because he sure isn't acting like he's hanging out with those dudes. <laughs> it's like, uh, okay. So, um, okay. Now this has got to be the low point. This has uh, definitely got to be the low oh, point. Oh, she no. is continuously the low point whenever they show this lady. Jade Cargill congratulating Brandy on her pregnancy and then demanding how she's going to beat her. What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I remember looking over and uh and I said to my wife, wow, she's got quite the bloom job there. And my <laughs> wife went, Well, you think she'd at least get a better looking bloom job because it's not a very good one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I was just like, does she just look so plasticky, fake, and you know? I don't know. She just th- th- this woman is hitting, and I wish she would. I mean, the very first sight that we saw of her i was like wow she might be something right because she had that something all right (laughs) but she has just turned into like she's right down there in the bottom of the barrel of brandy for me when it comes to wrestling it's get them off my i don't want to see her and i don't want to see brandy i don't want to see nyla rose and i don't want to see vicky guerrero okay they're they're the four worst shitty things and abaddon is really getting close now (laughs) yeah uh, of stuff that i just don't want to see why she end up in the book? Jade Carly, yeah. I think you know what? And no, no, no. I haven't talked about Abaddon. Well, I haven't got to her yet, but let's talk about Jade Cargill here. She every single week she's been on, she has shit the bad guys. I think for now, the less we talk about her, the better. So I don't even think she's deserving of the book. Good point. She's like the boogeyman. We give her power by talking about her. Okay, yeah. let, let's skip on. All right. Um, evil Uno versus Dustin Rhodes. Wait, what about the wedding uh, promo? Oh, the kids, yeah, okay, sorry, I forgot about that. My God, can you make Miro look any stupider? Oh, I mean, everything they show right now, like, he, okay, even the opening segment makes him look terrible when you watch the opening uh, credits. And then today, just to him in the background, his clothes and the way he's looking, I'm just like, dude. <laughs> Remember from like the past two or three weeks, it looked like we were like, oh, this is good. He's getting to be a badass. He's looking to be solid. Yeah, that's gone. <laughs> they erased all that today, didn't they? Didn't they, Andy? <laughs> I hope as they were talking, as this as this segment was going on. Yeah. I hope that in the end, because you you know 
something always happens in these weddings, yeah. right? Yeah. I hope Miro just turns on them and just destroys it. <clears throat> that would make yes. me so happy. And it just like it really meant nothing. It did nothing except it made Miro look silly again. It made Kippen and uh, what's her name? Persephone. Penelope. Penelope. Penelope Ford. Yeah. You got to think that if there was no Penelope Ford, we would not be seeing Kip Saber. He is so bland and so mm-hmm. bottom talent that if it hadn't been for his super hot girlfriend in leather pants, they wouldn't they wouldn't yeah. be in the card. And why Miro hooked his wagon up to these two losers? No idea. No idea. I'm, I'm, I don't. Tony Khan, you're not rehabbing him. If anything, you're you're scraping him lower. Yeah. You know, devaluing further. Now, next, I got to ask Andy about this one: Evil Uno versus Dustin Rhodes. Um, I'm going to say I liked the match, and I think uh, you know it, it was good for what it was. I mean, it wasn't a heck of a lot of stuff uh, for a kind of a slobby dude. Evil Uno does some pretty cool stuff yeah. in there. Yeah. And uh, Dustin always wrestles very believable. Yes. You know. Um, now I know Tony has been Tony Diaz has been very down on Dustin Rhodes' face mat or his painting. Yeah. I'm sorry for him. It works. I think. I think it does. I think without it, he looks extremely old. And I think with yeah. the full face makeup lately, he looks kind of silly. This yeah. half and half thing really works for him. And I'm impressed with Lee Johnson a little bit. I seen him on uh, Dark the other night doing some stuff. I can see why they added him to the group. Okay. But I don't see why they're giving him and Dustin, you know, like main event, <laughs> like the big yeah. show things when they should be staying yeah. down for now. What did you, what did you think of this match, Andy? Uh, overall, I thought it was a decent match. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind it. Like you said, Dustin's always solid, credible. Uh, Eva Luno, I've, I've enjoyed him from day one. Again, like mm-hmm. he's like one that outside of AEW, I didn't really know anything about him. So even for kind of a bigger dude, I think he moves well. I like his work. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing is, like I, you know, I, I get there's a little bit of a thing here with Dustin and the seven thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of a program this is, but you know, if this was it, this was it. I would have liked to have seen Evil Uno get the win. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, mm-hmm. okay, it's it's cool. Dustin did this, and what I mean, if this is an ongoing thing, yeah. But. Uh, I, I don't think Dustin would have lost anything by losing. And mm-hmm. I think it probably would have helped Evil Uno. I agree. And it's definitely like, you know, Dustin seems to like take the, the, the bucket load of shit they give him and, and polish it into gold yep. every time he's out there. Yeah. But man, they're really stretching it with this storyline. He, he got super, like he's super mad that he insinuated he'd be a character that he walked away from years ago. <laughs> Yeah, didn't even do a match. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a bad stretch there. Um, you're right, though. I think it would have furthered a better storyline. Um, I don't know, though. Do we really want who hands up who wants to see uh, the Dark Order versus the Rhodes family? <laughs> well, I don't, th- <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think it would, yeah, I don't think it would. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Because you know, I, they I had don't... Lee Johnson come in, they had some of the other members come in. Yeah. Is that what this is setting for? God, I hope not. I don't know. Because what about Shaquille O'Neal? <laughs> yeah, but he al- he already said he wasn't even going to wrestle, but despite the fact yeah, but the she who will not be named uh, uh, said that he uh, called him out. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh. <laughs> who knows? I, I, at the end of the day, though, like 
you know, I, like I said, I still think that uh, Uno could have had the win, and that could have been a little little sum for Dark Order. And mm-hmm. whether it was, uh, you know, whether it furthered anything or it's just like, oh, like a tough loss for Dustin, I don't think yeah. it would have, you know, would have hurt him any. Well, we're not, it's not like five and ten are ever going to get it. Elliot, did you like the match? You know, um, you can't. I don't like any of the other Dark Order matches, yeah. but uh, this one I didn't mind it. Uh, the story behind the the lead up to this match kind of we kind already of a talked stretch. about, but yeah. Uh, yeah. other than that, uh, I was fine with this match. Okay, okay. You talk. Yeah, I just want to say, like, when when you're using like a blip of a storyline from mm-hmm. like 20 years ago, yeah, probably a lot of the AEW fans either weren't born or you know were like five years older younger yeah and and not only that andy here's the point of dustin rhodes wasn't exactly a main eventer guy during this time he was just another dude here is like a segment i mean there's we have probably forgotten more garbage segments they've ever did on wcw than we can remember yeah so this was pretty like scraping the barrel for an idea of why to have this match yeah, yeah. I would have preferred it if the match had just been because of the recruitment. They didn't even have to bring up the seven crap. Yeah, you know? yeah. He should have been mad that they tried to recruit him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next, I'm going to think, I like this. This is the most I've liked Sean Spears in a real long time. I thought this was a damn good interview with yeah. Tony Schiavone. Uh, it kind of had that enough of an inside feel to get everyone excited, but yeah. a realism to it yes. that was kind of cool. And I love Tony Schiavone calling him out saying, hey, you think it might be you and then sean spears stopping for a minute and going yeah i've thought about it but i think you're a piece of shit for bringing it up (laughs) (laughs) um i want to contrast this from last week uh from a a clip they had on uh aew dark where sean spears had come out to say something and uh brit baker has some kind of ridiculous the waiting room or some little show she does during it and uh she starts, she gives the mic to Sean Spears, who talks for like 10 seconds before Scorpio Sky grabs him and throws him through the wall. <laughs> Runs him over the couch and through the wall. Well, I think I saw that. And uh, Britt was apologizing to Sean Spears about yeah, that. Yeah. That happened. yeah. That's, yeah, so she was the little. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, but I liked it. And you were agreeing with me on this one. I, I, I agree with everything you said. Uh, the only thing that's a little, that to me disappoints me a little bit, not mm-hmm. so much in the promo or the segment itself. It was mm-hmm. just like, okay, and then maybe there's something that I've missed or because it was on dark, but it's almost like, okay, well, if he's doing this and he's not happy with the way things are going, you know, he kind of denounced the whole glove thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so does that mean he's done with Tali too? There, I was wondering about that. There was Ooh. no explanation, and I have no clue if he's still with Tully. Yeah, I, I, I would assume not. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, if, from our – again, and I hate doing the fantasy yeah. booking thing, but, I mean, you know, we had the idea. It's like, okay, well, if he joins the FTR and then maybe they form up a group or something like that. I mean, yeah. it, I mean I'm curious to see what happens. But mm-hmm. uh, I – yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is time for something different. But – the promo was great, believable. Like you said, this was this was a, a good good piece of business. I, I really liked it. All right, and I'm, and uh, I'm curious look, to see where it goes. Elio, you look like you wanted to interject there. No, I was just you know say I was going to agree with Andy. This is the best that I've seen from Sean Spears. I really liked this promo. Yeah, I was surprised because I've not been a Char, uh, a Sean Spears uh, backer for for a very long time. This I enjoyed. 
this yeah. I really did enjoy. Okay, um, okay, we go to the back. This was sort of weird. It was like just before they're going to walk out to the match, Dasha goes to interview Hikaru Shida, and Abaddon attacks her. Okay, then instead wait, of wait, like, wait, 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 what did she do? She attacked her. Well, it's like she like ran into her once, and then she started running in place, waiting for somebody to hold her back, and there was nobody holding her back. Well, was gonna, so this, bad. this is where it gets to the worst part. Like this has just got even worse. Is okay. So you you have a camera crew back there, and you're the champion, and you're going out to a match. This woman attacks you, and instead of dealing with her, going after. I mean, you're holding a fucking stick for God's sakes. Instead of doing anything. You let the guy break it up, and then you walk out and stand there calmly while they play your video, and then you walk out to your next match. Uh, I'm sorry. If somebody's attacking me now, they're pretty damn sure they're coming after me later. I think I'm going to take them out now. And wasn't it like a week or two ago? Wouldn't we just like we heard a noise, and she was getting all skittish and scared? <laughs> yeah. She's literally five feet from you, and now you're not worried? Yeah. <laughs> There is just no logic in that part of the thing. I did not like that. It made Sheeta look extremely stupid. And it made us seem stupid if we didn't think that, that Abaddon was going to come back later on into this well, thing. But it also, to me, it's like, you know, you've gone from one extreme where it's like, oh, there's like a bump in the, bump in the dark and I'm scared, you know, crapless, mm -hmm. to, okay, she just attacked me, but okay, somebody's got her. I'm good now. I can stand here and not be worried at all. So it's, it's like, Michael well, Takazawa? If, yeah, if you're not, if you're not worried about her, then why would I be worried about her? Because apparently she's not much of a threat. <laughs> now, let, let's talk a little bit before we get into Abaddon coming out. Uh, Alex Garcia. Now, uh, Andy, you said you enjoyed this match, and, and I want you to tell me why. And I got to say, after after the shitty performance I thought she did on uh, Dark, I thought this was actually a pretty good match with she did. Yeah. Uh, and again, I don't watch Dark, so to me, this was my first ex experience seeing her. Mm -hmm. They they mentioned uh, you know, that she'd beat somebody, I think, and that's how she got the opportunity for the match. And as far as women's matches go lately, to me, this was one of the better ones. Like, you know, mm -hmm. she seemed to work well with Sheeta. Um, her stuff looked decent. I don't remember anything, you know, nothing sticks out to me that glares. I'm like, oh, no. you know, not like watching like a big swole match where it's like, oh. Yeah. Oh. It was, it, it, it was all right. And, and I was okay with it. Um, obviously, you know, Sheeta's going to pick up the win, but mm -hmm. a respectable performance from Alex Garcia, as far as I'm concerned. Or, sorry, Alex Gracia, because it wasn't Garcia, Gracia. it was Gracia, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's Gracia. Yeah. Uh, Elio, before the whole Abaddon thing, what did you get out of this match? This match, I, I like this match, then like the ending. Uh, okay. It was, was one of the better women's matches that we've seen on AEW. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counter saying I didn't mind the actual ending of the match because... You know, Sheeta comes out. Uh, Abaddon comes out of the thing. She's standing, snarling, whatever. That, that, uh, that part I was fine with, them, but the whole part afterwards. Yeah, so, but yeah. but give Sheeta credit. It looked cool that she came over, whacked Abaddon, then ran in the ring, delivered a running knee, and took the pin. And then you know, picked up the thing and you know, did her yep. her her pin, and then took her stick, walks out, and she starts poking <laughs> Abaddon like she's like I don't know. And, okay, you know what? I know how to say this, you know, because this is going to sound terrible, but you ever go to Walmart, guys, and you see like an inappropriately large woman wearing super tight pants? 
and like her belly's hanging out. She's like she turns around and you know her big white belly's hanging out. And you think and it doesn't matter if she's fat or not, but really nobody needs to really see anybody having their parts hanging out. Abaddon looked horrible laying back in all her tight clothing with an extremely big white whale belly laying there and then Sheeta poking it to see if the whale is alive on the beach. That was terrible. I'm not saying anything bad about like people can be big or small or whatever size you want, but come on. If you're going to throw a lady into super tight pleather, but have her with an extreme white gut hanging out, that just is distracting and gross and no one wants to see it no matter who you are. And that's what we got with Abaddon tonight. She looked like a mess out there. And then she pulls off this horrible bite the neck thing that Shayna Baszler did on Becky just recently. And then, you know, Sheena comes back and there's blood everywhere. And you're just like, they even did it terrible. It didn't even seem anywhere as real no. as the way they sold it on the WWE's version. Guys, uh, I know you were kind of hot. No, I'm, and I mean this hot on uh, hot on the idea of abaddon we were high we, we had high hopes we had Do high you hopes. still have high hopes after this sandy i am greatly concerned okay <laughs> and uh that's just putting it mildly from the the pre-match and i'm because I, I have to the remember the audio show so yeah <laughs> the the quote-unquote uh air quotes attack uh to the post-match, you know, when, yeah, she was down and then doing the poke and then the way she gets up. Like I said, and the bite was bad. I mean, like the actual visual, the close-up that they had of her doing it because they, they kind of had it where you can yeah. kind of like see her face. Like over uh, the shoulder. Uh, and... Yeah, yeah, over the shoulder. Looked good mm-hmm. for what it was. Looked good. But then when she pulls away, I mean, you talked about all the blood stuff, but really you didn't see much because the entire time she'd have just kept her arm on it. Yeah. And you didn't like there's so which I get because if you're hurt, you're selling, you're going to keep your, you know, you're going to keep hands there. But for, for the television audience, for that visual, I would think somebody would have instructed her to, you know, if depending what they, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe they instructed her not to, because it was just whatever makeup came off of Abaddon's face. And that was it. Yeah. But you're know, looking for the visual. There should have, you know, we should have seen something, yeah. but uh, no. Poorly and, executed. Uh, yeah. So I'm, at this point now, any the original high hopes that I had for Abaddon and what they could do, like to me, she needs to be short, needs to be sweet. Uh, right now, needs to be protected uh, slash heavily produced. Mm-hmm. At least that would be my thought process if I was going to try and make a serious go, like a legitimate go with this character. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going to compare it to kind of the goth, mythical, Sting, Undertaker. Yeah like that and to me it's just going downhill fast unfortunately yeah elio yeah um for me uh Abaddon was was fine in the beginning i was uh, looking forward to seeing where they go with this character but now i've gotten lukewarm after this uh, after this presentation tonight well i think problem too here is we had saw small bits of her where it made you wonder a little more yeah. But it was just too much of her. She was exposed tonight, and there wasn't any actual pop behind what she was doing. So in the end, it came off as just an inappropriately dressed woman not really doing a really good job here. It was very amateurish. And and once again, I feel bad for Sheeta having to carry someone who is obviously a weaker competitor, a weaker performer. She's now going to have to carry Abaddon into some kind of match. 
So well, you I, know what you can say that at the same time though, like the at least from my perspective, the potential that was there with Abaddon, even if she wasn't even like I mean again, because we don't really know how she is as yeah, a worker. That's true. But for what the potential was with this character, if it was like I said, booked properly book safer uh to make her look like more of the monster that they wanted to be because other than the way she looks like there's nothing really that she doesn't do any great moves she doesn't do anything no but but even even from like the attacks and, and you know last last week you know you were you were against the okay she took the one kendo stick uh yeah, shot down. and then went down i was okay with that because to me at the same time you know you're like well if they beat the hell out of her but that's the type of thing to me where it's like if you beat the hell out of her right off the get-go then what do you do? You know, it's like one of those things. It's like, okay, she took the, the one shot and most people would sell or whatever. And I, I, I was lenient with it mm-hmm. because it was like something simple. She popped back up. Um, you know, the, the, that's what we needed again. Like the, the, the biting thing. And yeah, like, you know, she got knocked down and she kind of waited. It's just, you know, and, and I, I'm always one where if I'm going to be critical of something, I'd like to offer suggestions off the top of my head. Like this is, this would be something where I would, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind sitting down and it's like, okay, how can we come up with some better presentation for Abaddon? How can we make her, you know, protect her and make her look like more of a monster, more of a credible threat that mm-hmm. we have to you know that she needs to be worried about. Cause she's gone from being super scared. Like I said, bump in the night, bump in the, during the promo and she's getting all skittish to like this, which is, nothing yeah she's running after the monster now yeah like well who's the real monster here who's scared of who (laughs) well you know i i think you brought up a very very good point and i think what they should have done is they should have produced her better in the beginning they shouldn't have unleashed her on sheeta yet they should have dragged out uh the scary things they should have showed films of abaddon doing stuff uh, vignettes, something where we got a better thing. I am going to disagree about uh, the kendo stick thing because what they could have done is she got lucky and hit her one time, you know, beat her a few times, got up, yep. but then later on, Abaddon never gives herself the position of getting hit a bunch of times with a kendo stick. Right. And, you know, that could have worked a lot because I yep. really do think, and, and, you know, I talked to Tony and Tony, Tony saw it this way too, is he said, yeah, it just made her seem like she was just a chick in the makeup. You whacked her once in the head, she went down. Okay, it's cool she got up, but that one shot to go down tells you we've seen a gazillion wrestlers take, you know, a few candlestick shots before going down. It just, in my mind, it took away the illusion of this yeah, was the tough yeah, monster. Yeah. Oh, okay, she's a girl in makeup. Okay, you know, um, but definitely too soon to put her in there with Sheeta, at least in a match wise. This should have been a little bit of longer chase. If you want to make her a monster, produce it, make her stalk Sheeta. Make yep. her do more things outside of this and make it seem like Abaddon is a mystical character, not just a chick with weird uh, makeup and two different color contacts, you know, because that's yeah. what this this kind of exposed her this week as just being that. It's Hopefully like to go around to this, but yes, go on. I know, it's kind of like to Sheeta's original promo about her and you made the comment too is like about the cosplay. Mm hmm. Rather than being like a monster, rather than being a jet threat, you know, she said her off the bat, cosplay. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I was firm that no, no, this was going to be something more. And it's looking more and more like, you know, the way they're booking her, you're right. Like, she's right, you're right. Like, <laughs> And really, we got to give Abaddon a little bit more of a costume up top. Um, 
that is that's taken away from her look right away. She just looks like a slobby girl with makeup, and that's not cool in any kind of monster. She, you know, at least guys like some of the bigger monsters, they were big enough that even if they weren't the best physical shape, yeah. they still looked intimidating. She's short, small, and kind of fat, so that does not give her any kind of yeah. intimidating look. All right, let's go to the main event. Um, oh wait, we are supposed to be told that next week John Moxley returns. Dun dun dun. Dun, dun, dun. With the new Japan title? No. Uh, <laughs> it's taped, who knows? Um, so, okay. The acclaimed versus the Young Bucks. Now, before Andy tears apart the Young Bucks, totally and eviscerated uh, these two guys, I want to say more impressed with the acclaimed rapping coming out. Uh, a little bit better, a lot better than last week's. Yeah. Although when I stopped and listened to the words, they're not really saying a heck of a lot. No. <laughs> um, they had a slow start. Uh, the acclaimed had a slow start in this match. It seemed like the the young bucks kind of made them their bitches for the first half of this match. And I kept thinking, oh God, they're going to bury these poor guys already. Uh, however, uh, halfway through the match, the guys came alive. They started, uh, I could see these guys as a credible team later on. I could see them with a little more development that they could be, you know, some interesting heels. Um, but uh, it just was, I, once again, it just seemed the Young Bucks dominated more portions of this match than I, I was comfortable with. Uh, what's the point of bringing in a new team? And this didn't give them any kind of rubber elevation. If anything, it put them in the bottom of the pecking order. And I do see some flashes of brilliance in the acclaim, but just flashes. And we're not going to get that developed if you have guys like the Young Bucks just slap them around and do all their moves on them. Uh, Andy, what do you think of this one? You know, you've been letting me go first, so I'm going to let Elio, because then Elio just, yeah. yeah, no, I agree. So I'm going to let Elio go first, and then I'll no, for, uh, round her up. <laughs> no, um, the, this week, uh, the wrapping, I was fine with it at the beginning. Um, this team, uh, okay, after this match, I, I want to see more from them because – we were not a fan. I'm not a fan right now, but I can see them like starting to grow on me okay. down the road. All right, Andy. All right. Contrary to popular belief, I am not going to tear apart this match. Uh, as I'm, I'm going to chuckle as I say this, just because, and I'm only addressing it because you guys addressed it. Yes, the wrapping wasn't that bad off the start. Uh, <laughs> the coming out. Um, I didn't mind the match because to me you know, where you say like the slow start mm -hmm. that actually stood out to me that it was more just simple back and forth tag team wrestling versus going zero to a hundred in 2.5 seconds. Okay. So I like that there was a, you know, to me, there was a bit more of an arc, a bit more of a build with the match. Okay. I mean, they still got into all the crazier stuff and, and I was okay with, because I, I, you know, and you and I, we, I don't say we bump heads, but we kind of, I think we have a little bit of differing views on mm -hmm. kind of with the rubs and stuff with the guys coming yep. in. And, and I don't, to me, I wasn't expecting this to be a rub. I was expecting it to get some exposure, mm -hmm. but to me, it was like, this made sense that the young bucks should have had, it should have been like a 65, 35, 70, mm -hmm. 30 type match. Um, it, yeah, no, I, you know, and I'm going to bypass just some of the other stuff, but overall, and, and some of the big double team moves, they had the partners coming in, breaking stuff mm -hmm. up. That makes me happy. And that's mm -hmm. where, where I get into an issue with a lot of these big double team, super duper moves is they do this and guys kick out. It's like, well, 
you know, then you're not very good with that move and really like, yeah. So if, if guys are coming in and breaking up pins, that makes a lot more sense to me. Um, I still like still watching it though. I, I can still see where I think top flight is better than acclaimed. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the guys are there. They're, they're the potentials there. Mm -hmm. So, you know what they're, it, it was, it was a good showing for the acclaimed. My two points of contention, uh, one, when they were do the, now, do the young bucks, do they often use like the kind of the sharpshooters? Is that like yes. normal thing for them? Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe this is me. This is a little old school. Maybe it doesn't matter. But with Sting being there now, I don't care if he's in the ring or not. Don't use it. Don't use it. And yeah, why well, they don't even need to use it. No, they don't need to. And for with this Tony or Jr., where it's like, oh, whether you call it the sharpshooter, whether you call it the scorpion deathlock, to me that's triv trivializing it. Yeah. And when you talk about stuff about like. Uh, Excalibur kind of, mm -hmm. you know, knocking stuff down a bit to me, that's like, okay, well, that's like Sting's big move. Right. And you're there doing it. And you're like, Ooh, well, whether you call it this or this, it was Ricky Choshu who did it first. Yeah. Okay. Like, well, you make up a good point too. If, if, if Sting wasn't there, then it's perfectly fine to call it the sharpshooter because you're, you're elevating it to the thing of a, of a legend. Yeah. But now that Sting's there, you're undercutting him by calling his move by some other legendary persons. From now on, it should be just the it should be the stinger thing, you know. Like it yeah, shouldn't and be that's the, what I'm saying. And who, and yeah. who knows? Being these guys, you know, and again, that, that's just my thing of just being old school. Maybe mm -hmm. they don't care. Maybe Sting was like, "Yeah, go ahead, use it. I don't care." But to me, I it just like no, like you guys have such another you know, such an abundance of an arsenal. <laughs> you got 800 you know, other moves you can use. Yeah. <laughs> you know, leave that one for for Sting. So there was that. The other thing I didn't quite understand in my head i'm trying to figure out okay well how am i suspending my disbelief here is so the ref gets knocked out cool yes. fine they bring in the boom box they hit the young buck with the boom box the other ref comes in and i'm thinking okay so is he going to come in and you know they, they go for the pin it's like well shouldn't they disqualify them for using the boom box yeah and instead he made the cover so i'm like okay so is it in my head, I'm like, okay, well, how do I validate this? Well, so they're watching backstage. The super kick happens. The ref goes down. Someone says to the other ref, hey, quick, go in there and take over. So that must mean he has to go away from the, from monitor, the monitor. And in that time, he misses the boombox shot, but gets there in time for the pin. <laughs> That's a lot of disbelief to be suspended for sure. So, yeah, I – that. And again, that's maybe that's just me, but like from trying to make, you know, trying to make, as I often try to make sense out of a nonsensical business, mm -hmm. if the ref was coming in, like I, yeah. Uh, For me eh. too, I, I had a problem with the whole ref bump thing too. I was just like, it would have made more sense for me if they kicked the ref, he went down, they do their little stuff. The young buck kicks out of it. The referee groggily wakes up to them doing the B, you know, the BTE to finish. Yeah. You didn't need that second guy in there because it does. It brings up a whole kind of things. He was backstage, but he saw them hit somebody obviously with a large weapon, but he's still going to go out and do the count. Well, yeah, I, I think it's what I said. It's that that that's what I bet you that's how they're, how they're justifying it is. Well, you saw him get kicked out. And by the time you ran from the monitor to inside the ring, all you saw was the pin. You didn't see the boom box. Yeah, right. not good. Not good. What did you think of this match, Elio? Everything did my he already did his, remember? Yeah, because I, 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 I deferred. Yes, let you him let him go, go first. first. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, uh, 
And, 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 and I guess what I'm trying to get at too is, is to bring that up about the rub is you're going to highlight someone if you give them a top team. You're trying to give them a rub if you give them the champions in their second weekend. That's what I was saying. And it yeah. didn't come across. And I had no problem with the pace of the match at the end. But I did have the problem is I had kind of wished – I don't mind that the Young Bucks get 70% of the offense in. I don't mind that. Yeah. Um, from a bad guy team, though, I need – that 30% to be in a row and to be like they're cheating to get it and they could pull the cheat off anytime. And right off the bat, they should have done something nefarious. And then the young bucks work back up the hill and, and, and they're obviously better skills take over. It just felt that the beginning felt a little stilted to me. Like, okay, these poor guys are just in there. They're obviously the young bucks are showing you even as bad guys, cheaters, these dudes ain't that good. Because they're yeah. just getting their ass kicked for the first third of this match. And they're doing nothing but taking a beating, you know? Yeah. Uh, and as bad guys, they don't really seem to do a hell of a lot of cheating except at the end with the boombox stuff, too. Yeah, they, so, they have some attitude and they rap and so yeah. they're, they're just bad boys who are up to no good. Yeah, exactly. You kids get out of my yard. Anyhow, yeah. um, <laughs> overall, let's take a look at this week. Spin the wheel. Uh, let's rate this week's on our report card rating we're going to start off with elio so he can't glom off of either of us elio what kind of <laughs> wait, wait wait i don't know i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> just just go man just, just go. go with it just go with it we're gonna get, how are you gonna rate this week's uh holiday bash okay there was um there was some up some down i'm gonna go with the in the middle b really okay uh andy and i you know i kind of wish it was andy's elite holiday bash instead of what we saw but <laughs> um i'm i'm kind of torn here mm-hmm. you know and i'm going to say that maybe i'm going to be a little bit influenced by elio's uh pick and just because it's the holiday season mm-hmm. uh I, i'll say i'm originally was going to say a c plus but i'll give mm-hmm. it a b minus wow he's being very nice uh I was going to give it a D, (laughs) but I will give it the Christmas spirit and I will give it up to a C. Okay. Okay. Um, I just can't justify this as good as last week's show. And last week I gave a C. Um, There's just too many glaring problems. There was some good stuff, but I mean, there was things that really were badly destroying for characters in here tonight. Abaddon took a, took it badly for this one. Um, So yeah, you know, overall, I guess, what do we got here? A B, a C did you say C plus? No, mm-hmm. I I kind of I was I was saying B minus. See now I'm getting oh, I'm off because yeah because I said because of uh, Elio here it's the holidays okay. so I, I upgraded from C plus to B minus. B minus. He gave it a B. I gave it a C. So I guess B minus is probably the the, the average of, the average between yeah. the three of us. And I think that's highly high for this that's, week's episode. That, guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> even now as we say, like, I, like I'm looking back through my notes. I'm like, okay, well, like this match wasn't too bad. Of this, and you know what? There wasn't any of uh, this week. Cody's Audio extremely twelve minute entrance. You are both right. <laughs> no okay, audio I wanna, issues and I want to yes. give I want to give one quick thing though last week's audio issue that we hopped on uh you know I read some stuff about it and realized there was no way they could have saved that audio issue because it's extremely hard to walk over and start talking to people on a mic when you don't have a mic and that's right. what FTR tried to do they tried to uh, grab the mic and start into it and as a guy who's done this stuff I know that you can't yeah. actually do that unless you're wearing a mic so that's why it came off bad. So I'm not really going to give them the usual 
oh, come on, guys, get your shit together because nobody could have done that. Even in the WWE, if you'd walked over and tried to talk like that with the mic, what they tried to do, you would have came across just a shitty sounding. So let's give them some tech for that one. Uh, I got to tell you guys this though. Oh, sorry. Are you still, you're going to hold then on your uh, B minus. Yeah. No, okay. that, that, yeah. That, Cause that was regardless, like there was no audio issues yeah. and I get everything was, you know, this was a taped episode. So yeah. there shouldn't have been really. Yeah. Especially a taped episode. Holy yeah. crap. They would have got a bad mark from us. Um, last thing I'm going to say, say to you guys is uh, there is this horrible, I don't even know how to describe this. There was this kind of setup on dark last night where uh, Britt Baker's doing her thing and she starts interviewing Frankie Kazarian. And Frankie is mad. Okay, remember that little dissension last week between him and after he lost to the acclaim, he was pretty mad at uh, Christopher Daniels. So he gets out there and he starts saying, you know what? There was one loser for the night, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh, where's this going? Christopher Daniels comes out and he starts talking to him and Frankie's getting madder and madder. And it looks like he's ready to like, just cut bait with Christopher Daniels. And then he apologizes. He apologizes for letting Christopher Daniels down and not helping him out. And Christopher Daniels looking to go, you know what? You're wrong because it was my fault we lost and I've lost the fight. And I'm sitting there going, what the fuck are we watching? This are they is both ridiculous. Canadian? Yeah, it seemed that way, huh? You know, like... <laughs> sorry, eh? No, I'm sorry, eh? No, I'm more sorry, eh? <laughs> and then they use that opportunity to turn around and tell Angelico and... What's his goofy partner? Jack Evans. Evan, Jack Evans. That they're going to kick their asses in the ring SCU style next week on Dark. <laughs> wow. I was... Even even as a Canadian, I was uncomfortable watching this terrible exchange of stuff. Uh, it was like high school uh, acting class again. It was it was pretty pretty bad. But uh, folks, <laughs> we're gonna wrap this up. Um, uh, Andy, you want to wish some Merry Christmas to all the people out there? You got anything you want to throw at people? Whether it's uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever it is you celebrate, uh, I wish you and yours the very best during the holiday seasons uh best wishes for the rest of the year and thank you for supporting and listening to the wpov network all right elio got some wishes for some people out there happy holiday and uh hopefully next year we even better because this year was just crap (laughs) (laughs) no kidding you know what folks we want to wish you guys uh, a happy new year merry christmas all the holiday stuff i know it's going to be tough we're all stuck at home. We don't get to, to have many guests and stuff like that. And, you know, Elio said, we hoped it was a better deal. Well, it's hard to be any worse than this. I would think this has been a pretty rough year. Yeah. Uh, but as Andy reminds me, don't just be so happy because the uh, New Year's coming doesn't mean it's going to get any better, but uh, at least not right away. Uh, but you know what? Be good to each other as much as you can. Uh, we're not outside too much being able to be dicks to each other. But, hey, why don't we try not being dicks to each other on, I don't know, the interweb for a little while? Do we really need to jump down each other's throat for anything anybody says on, a, on an opinion page or a nice post? I hope not. But all I can say is uh, all of us here at WPOV Wrestling, we've had a great year talking a lot of stuff. We've, uh, we hope for the, the coming year for even more. We have some fun guests lined up on quarantine. We have some... Uh, cool things to talk about and we still have hope that AEW will still continue to get better and uh, go up that ladder of success uh, we want to thank you guys all tune into all of our shows enjoy it be part of the thing right in uh, hey you know what we even sell t-shirts I forgot to even mention that www.prowrestlingtees.com 
facebook.com backslash WPOV wrestling. We have four different designs available. All of the money that we raise, they're 1995 each. US dollars. US dollar. So that's 174 American. Anyhow. uh, Canadian. (laughs) Canadian, sorry. Uh, All the money raised helps go to funding the show and to make it even bigger and better. And uh, Andy needs some new shoes, baby. He's been gambling. Anyhow, uh, folks. I gamble every day when I wake up. Yeah, me too. I'm still alive. No one's murdered me. Um, <laughs> I gamble when I walk outside. Actually, anyhow, um, <laughs> we want to we want to wish you guys a great holidays. And uh, Elio, say good night to the good people. All right, for the legend T.J. Logan, the w, new WPW Pee Points Game Champion, the Lone Wolf and Anderson. Yeah. I'm gentleman Elio Canellas, and we'll talk to y'all next week.